Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 77. John, how are you doing today? Woo! How are you doing today? <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I'm excited, actually. Uh, we got a fun podcast to record, but I'm also getting amped up and getting more excited for LA after, uh, especially after some of the tweets we just saw <laughs> right before we go on. Uh, I'm very, looking, very much looking forward to LA this weekend and seeing uh, a lot of familiar faces in the great show at GCW Blood on the Hills. Well, what you're talking about is there was one tweet specifically that touched your heart. Yeah. We might as well just go with that one because you are a very protective person when it comes to your favorite performers. And I think this is going to show it right here. What do you think? Yes. Yes. This is the home. Well, it's not really the homer. It's also the booker in me where it's just like, oh, like why? So just announced was Jordan Oliver going against Jordan Cruz. Love. Both competitors, obviously Jordan Oliver, big fan of, that's my favorite wrestler, but I've talked very highly of Jordan Cruz on this podcast before. I love him. He's got a great look. He's improving. He's developing his character, like, and always improving his character. Every time we see him, there's a new little tweak, new new catchphrase, new something. I love Jordan Cruz. Would love, want to see him on this card. Just not against Jordan Oliver. And on top of that, it's not for the JCW title again. Like, what is going on with this JCW title that's not being defended as often as what it was like first title defense this same exact place in the ucc center jordan's first jcw title defense was a fucking war one of the matches of the night against mance warner and then now that's what they say about 11 12 13 defenses later we are let's see here uh for 244 days later in the same building Jordan Oliver, still the JCW title holder against Jordan Cruz. Like, that's, I don't know. I just was disappointed in that, not only because it's not for the JCW title, but I also would prefer Jordan Oliver to kind of wrestle a bigger name as a bigger name in the company than, no offense, Jordan Cruz. And like I said, I love Jordan Cruz. I want to see him on this show. I love to see him anytime we see him. We see him out here locally all the time. And I I think he's got a great look and a great future. I just name wise and quality right now. I don't did, don't want to see him going against Jordan Oliver. I would like mm. to see Jordan Oliver defend that JCW title as we last saw it in the UCC Center in a crazy brawl on Blood on the Hills 2. Like, on this match card, I'm not seeing anywhere where we're going to be seeing a lot of bloods too much. On the Hills? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, that, you, you never know, though. I mean, we don't know just yet. I'm yeah. hopeful, very hopeful. Uh, there's a lot of weapons that can be used outside of glass. Um, you know, we could have a uh, pizza cutter fight. I think that would be cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to say it. I'm just looking at the announced matches. The only thing we could possibly see right now, I think, is violence is forever versus Los Macisos. Like, that's the only thing I could possibly count on a blood. Tony Deppin versus Jack Cartwheel, phenomenal. Going to be a great match. Joey Janela versus Santana Jackson. Maybe we could see some craziness from Santana Jackson and Joey Janela. Jimmy Lloyd, Steph. Ah, I could see Steph probably cutting up Jimmy Lloyd. We got a, a Luchador tag match, a Res Gringo Loco, Aramis Array uh, Horace. I don't see any yeah. blood there. Tag team match, I just said, and the world title match, Blake Christian versus Paul London. Not expecting too much blood there. So I'm 
don't know. I'm I'm very excited still, but I'm just missing the blood. I don't not seeing where I'm going to be seeing the blood, but hopefully I'll be a p- pleasantly surprised on the night of the show. And see over here, I'm thinking something like, I'm just happy we're able to see some of the talent that went straight from Japan to LA because they're going to be some lagged ass wrestling. Yeah, that's for sure. So I feel bad for them. No, you know what I mean. Like I feel for them because they're going to be stretching themselves thin. However, if you look at the other side of things, there's not another show until November the 3rd after this one in LA. So they're going to have about three weeks off. Maybe almost four. No, three. Three weeks off. I can't count for shit tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's still a long time for GCW. I mean, they keep going and fucking going. Literally this week, they're in Japan, and two days later, they're going to be in LA, and then just a couple days prior, they're in AC. Like, this has been a brutal travel week, and I'm not, like, I'm not shitting on that. Like, I love, I appreciate everything. It's incredible, really, this this little week or two-week stretch that they're going to be going on here is pretty nuts and their schedule is insane keeping out all the europe trips the last few months it's been nuts but uh i am expecting some jet lag as well so uh, oh yeah but okay. i think it's a great night still it's still gonna be fun it's still gonna be incredible like i i'm excited for it like the one like that's the one thing right before we went live was jordan oliver against jordan cruz i just want i just want to see more from our jcw champion and this is not his doing this is he's fighting against who he's booked against i just would like him uh Booked a little bit stronger and get into going into the show. That's all. I I want to add something and I don't know what to add here because I, I get your point and I'm trying to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm hoping for a very good show. We have a lot of talent there, a lot of physical people. So that's going to be really fun. We're going to see a lot of dives and we're going to see a lot of flips, I think. I'm glad so I am looking the- yeah, the Lucha match, I'm really like, actually, I kind of missed seeing that when it was announced, but I'm really looking forward to that Lucha tag match. That looks uh, uh, very fun, and that's going to be perfect for the LA crowd there. I just now realize people are going to turn in for war games, and they're going to think it's the blood on the I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, it was right. No, 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 it's a good podcast. point. Uh, yeah, I had to tweet out some some frustration, whatever. Hey, my frustrations, I was frustrated for two weeks. I've gotten six yeah. straight seven straight eight straight shows of top of the line gcw so i will i will complain about my little stuff and enjoy and talk about and praise all the greatness that yeah. we've been getting lately and uh that was just my little thing i wanted to talk about before we do cover this episode gcw's art of war games from the terminal in Shobo in atlantic city new jersey uh we will be covering both shows um this one i know the Japan shows just happened on the 10th and 12th. I haven't watched them yet with LA coming up. We're going to the LA show. So as we kind of talked about, that show might be put on the back burner or we kind of do a quick little rundown as we do or we'll figure it out. But this night we are covering Art of War Games night one and night two. All right. So yeah, with the Art of War Games here, night one, there was a lot of high expectations going in. There were so many awesome matchups. Right from the beginning, my boy Alec Price is getting... uh getting the test put to him there by Tony Depp. And I thought, I thought that was going to be an excellent match, you know, and that was one that I was a hundred percent looking forward to. Um, there was another one here. I was looking forward to the Blake Christian versus Jimmy Lloyd match on night one, that championship title match. Um, the fans and myself were really, really looking for a change and they were a hundred percent primed for change a little early yet. 
but at some point he's got to have that title. The fans are just going to get louder. That that was my literally the only bad thing I would have to say on this thing, and I'll do it later. But I was a little disappointed in that Blake Jimmy thing. But everything else that weekend was beyond expectations. I I kind of agree with you. I was hoping for maybe not even a title change, just something to happen. And I think it was, I thought, see, this is interesting because we're seeing two different sides. The first thing about LA, I didn't think about the potential for blood. And then the second one here, um, I think it's a nice build. I want a slow burn on Jimmy. He's hot now. If it continues, that tells the promoter that they do have something sustainable there and then maybe put it on him for just a small amount of time to make the people happy. But whoever takes it off of Jimmy is going to be a heel a nasty heel. So, I don't know. Something worth I, mentioning there. Yeah, I I actually have it in my notes kind of what I possibly would like to see. And I, I probably mentioned it before, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that one later. All right. So, I'm going to also give credit to that great opening package. That's, that's, um, that's everything we asked for a year plus ago was just, hey, let's up the production value. They did a great job on that. I can't remember who you said maybe working on all that, but great job to you, a hundred percent. Holy shit, we have lights that that blink and do things. Did you notice we have we have lights? I loved it. I yeah, I wrote about us too. Let me pull. They do things. <laughs> uh, it was it was cool. Uh, oh my god, where'd they go? Here we go. Dude, uh, light. Yeah, I wrote like a big capital lights for entrances. Like I love yes. like the flashlights because I think you made mention that we liked that um, seeing it in TNT and seeing it all mm-hmm. in Germany. That just that that little thing could add a lot of cool stuff to the presentation of the show, and I I caught that too, and I enjoyed it. And I kind of like it seemed like it did happen at the beginning, and then it totally went away, and then it came back again later for Jack Cartwheel's party. But uh, I I enjoyed when it was being able to see the lights. I heard a mouse chewed through the wire. So it took him a little while to get it back on. Um, yeah, I got, it was one of the fans. They were like, hey, you can't believe this shit. And they're like, yeah, mouse chewed through the wire. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> this was a great point though. Something that we did talk about with TNT. It is time to upgrade some shit because every little thing that they're doing looks, it just makes the product look so much better. And I say this about wrestlers. Same thing when it comes to um, wrestling companies. If you want to be taken serious, you have to take yourself serious. And then that will be shown over time. So, yeah, the, we've we've gotten the ring apron. We're getting things little by little. Lights are next. I saw it in TNT just seeing the entrance for Gage. And it was just, it looked so much better. And, you know, when we have a screen behind us, too, I mean, that was the first time we see Nick Gage's entrance on a screen, and it looks so damn good. So, yeah, maybe it's time for some of these things. Yeah, and I really loved it last year seeing the TNT, the video packages, because they we did like personalized ones for like almost every single GCW. It was like nothing crazy and outlandish, but it was nice, basic, but they added a cool effect to the entrances, and I I enjoyed uh, seeing that as well. All right. So the other thing I wanted to say was I like the hard cam on the side where there was a wall with banners on it behind. I know it doesn't make the crowd look huge because there's only so many rows there, but I think it's a better background than the garage door and the exhaust fan. And also there was a camera that showed the largest chunk of fans. That's the one that Brett Lauderdale took a picture of and, you know, showed online with, you know, all the people there. That was a great cam. 
And, you know, during times of excitement, that's that's a great camera to go to. So whoever kind of hoisted something up there, or posted something up there, I think also did a good job with that. And then I was watching throughout the weekend and I'd also seen that Wrestling Revolver had something going on. And I only mentioned them on the GCW show for one reason. They get a one hour meet and greet before the doors open. So show starts at eight, doors open at seven, meet and greets at six. Those interactions solidify the fan base. Uh, They buy merch, they share pics. Those pictures go online before the show. It's like promotional almost. And um, you may even be able to get to uh, leave the building at a decent hour after the show. So, I mean, if it's for paying fans, if it's for the paying Patreon fans, I mean, $75 a month is like damn near a front row ticket. I I don't know. That's maybe a good idea. When you come to their town, treat those Patreons right, baby. I mean, we're just now getting slowly over these last couple months things back on track thanks to brett and several others who've really busted their ass to um unfuck what was fucked for so long that was also fucking the fans so super thankful that brett got his hands in on that um but yeah that meet and greet man i do it i pay extra i know quite a few else would too there's money sitting out there yeah my big my big thing was too like as i mentioned to you right before we started was uh how they like we have Patreons. We get in early, but then like right as soon as that last Patreon in, they open up the gates for everyone else. So it's like there was no like even extra like, cool, I got to go in two seconds before someone else. Like it doesn't feel like, as you said, I think it, I would love the hour because I would go there, do all the shit before. As you said, the show ends like if you don't want to stay because you don't have to go to the merch or see a rest or whatever, you could just leave. But you could have the op to be able to have the opportunity before the show, I think, uh, is is good idea. And I, I loved that when you said that that was a smart idea from Revolver because I just want to get in the show, get go to the merch tables before everyone else and it gets crowded yep. and be able to kind of as they're all coming in, sit and then like as we do, we can walk around and kind of interact and see everybody. So I kind of I do very much like that idea. Yeah, and some sizes are hard to find, so things like that where you pay extra for whatever reason. Yeah, um, if GCW is coming to town, there's not a lot of Patreons, man. The the couple that there are, make them feel special. And I say that because I'm a Patreon, but I'm just saying 30 minutes, an hour before the show, Twitter's blowing up with, hey, I'm meeting Effie, hey this, hey that. There might even be some people go, oh shit, I didn't even know GCW was in fucking town. And they come down, and I know we're sold out, but there's always room for one or two extra every now and then. So I don't know. I just, I look at it. Okay. I'll just start the the war right now. I think GCW is owned more by the West coast right now than the East coast. I look at Los Angeles. I look at Las Vegas. We show the fuck up. We don't, we don't night two anywhere. We night one, any fucking show that there is. We sell out every fucking show. We're loud as shit. Every show. We show up and we do it. And I think we, I think we fucking, we show up hard in LA and Las Vegas. I think the last, the last time they did one of those two, the two weekend shows, like there was actually three, if you count the LA fight show, but those two were like incredible LA nights. And like, they both were crazy fans. Like that was the night that they started the riot with Joey Janela and uh, Sean Holtman. <laughs> like the crowd was on fire both nights. Like I went into night yeah. two, like, oh shit, it's going to, like I had GA, I stood in the back by the exit because I was like, the way night one ended, night two was going to be 
fire and it was like but the crowd can bring energy for two nights in la and i was actually just thinking about that the other day i wish they would kind of bring back like those two-day ones like ac always gets them and i get it oh ac's always going to show up they deserve it la's always going to show up they've shown you and i think we deserve it out here uh out west to be able to do one of those two day shows i think la would work for the two days i don't think vegas would work on a two-day weekend but i think la for sure would run yeah on uh, friday saturday or saturday sunday they would for sure get a really good crowd and a hot crowd i think hmm yeah but i just i just wanted to throw that out there a little east west kind of thing um uh, i'm yeah. looking at some of these crowds and i see a big crowd and then every now and then I see a so-so crowd, like a day two crowd, and I'm going, mm, "Come on now, man, get that, get those." It's not the crowd; it's the crowd's fault they don't get up and get moving. So I'm just saying, night one was hot, night two was okay. I don't know what that's about. The night twos are always like that, but you know, like the main event, June Kasai's in the main event on night two. It's like. How are you not showing up? Like that should bring out the hardest of the hardcore fans. Kasai and Tremont, fuck. I agree with you on that one. Like that one is a night two main event that should get the same special attraction that night yeah. one got with the Art of War games. But on the, for the most part, night twos, as you said, are lower crowds. And I think it's just, hey, it's the get, go home day, the getaway day. Possibly. And it makes, I, that's what I think it is. And it's a lot cheaper, especially if you go to AC for those shows to stay for one night than it is two nights in those hotels. Yeah. But, um, I'm gonna keep the peace here. A- AC, still love you. We we love you as a crowd. I start no east west stuff over here. I'm all starting shit. You're like, no 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 no. I'm not. What's going on nowadays? Peace and love to everybody. That's everybody. true. That's true. I just I I don't know. I was just looking at it. I look over the crowds. I see how they come across on TV. Some crowds are losing their mind, and some don't as much. So I don't know. Maybe it's a challenge for me to say, hey, AC crowd, East Coast crowd, show up, man. Your home your home country over there at ac so i uh was there something else oh yeah uh the fact that kasai probably won't be back in america is another reason why night two should have been a must for hardcore deathmatch fans especially i probably would have even build it that way as babe last chance to see june kasai in the states because I, I agree with you i don't he made a comment like hey i'm only coming back for i think he said gage or moxley and yeah only yeah. gage yeah, so my yeah, my me not even Moxie's a game, so he got it. So I don't think he is going, and I think I would have built it that same way. Just like they, they said before, like they built shows before, it's, they said it never could be done getting Kasai to the states. Like, well, they said it should like they should have finalized the like bookend. You're like, hey, it was done and it was awesome kind of show or something like that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I just I was just saying for the fans out there who really, really, really know their shit. Yeah, this was the show to definitely be at. The ones that were there were badass like they were good 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 solid fans i saw some dude out there with like his shirt off like a little skinny dude with his bird chest out he's like yeah losing his shit i thought that was cool that's so gcw that's yeah. almost as gcw as that md 2020 bottle at that bottle oh, shit. i love it <laughs> well all right want to head into the action here rock and roll oh, night one opened up with a very fun match, and uh, one I obviously was looking forward to. Alec Price going against Tony Deppin. What were your thoughts on this match? Well, I pull up my notes here, and then I'll give my thoughts. <laughs> no sweat, no sweat. Um, again, because we're covering so many uh, matches here, I caught, I kind of let this one go a little short and sweet. Plus, both of these wrestlers I absolutely love. 
I put here that it opened hot. Alec was testing Deppen's speed while Deppen was testing Alec's wrestling abilities. I felt it was a very physical match. Deppen grounded a lot of air, uh, Alec's offense. It was worth watching if you want to see the future of GCW in 2024 get tested by one of our best technical wrestlers now. Our winner here was Alec Price. And again, I just have to say it was a dream match. And I was curious to see how those styles blended. Yeah, and I think it blended perfectly. And I'm very glad seeing this match, especially what happened at Collective with Tony Deppin kind of helping out Alec after he suffered that injury during the ladder match. But um, I love that they always Tony Deppin making the kid cry <laughs> before as he oh, came out. Yeah. That was yeah. fucking, I loved that part. Um, I hope somebody really gave that kid. Like, I'm hoping like a road crew gave the kid a little something, like, hey, you know, or. Oh yeah, they uh, Tony yeah. probably like if they came back to Tony afterwards, he would probably it probably made him cry again and then realize like, hey man, smartened him up a little bit. Uh, I loved his entrance. Price took an ass kicking, but I loved all the close calls that they had during this match. Yeah, um, it was it was a great match, great opener, and I wrote wow what a finish! Like all the close calls and the crazy finish, it was just nonstop action. Tony Deppin is back. Like that was oh yeah I think I think that was the Tony statement Tony Deppin statement match of hey I ain't injured no more I'm back and like he looked really good like his speed and to keep up with Alec Price I loved it and I thought it was a great start to the show um I want to even go back to I forget, I wrote a note prior and I thought uh I don't know if you mentioned I don't think you mentioned it I love the opening coin toss they did to open up the show with the okay team. yeah the back the be the behind the scenes stuff yeah like I mean backstage stuff. Dude, that just made me want backstage promos. Dude, oh yeah, that that why not? Like, to make a quick, easy pro. Ah, I didn't even think you could fully do that. Like in the show, like hey, can you do a quick Any minute backstage. Time. Oh Any yeah, I didn't even time. Think, even a quick minute one. Just boom, right before like hey, they cut the they cut the promo and then go out to the entrance and or go out to the ring and boom. Yeah, yeah after you, like you got thirty thing. seconds cut, and then all right, Ali, you come over here. You got thirty seconds cut. Los Macisos, get over here. You need to do your thing. Boom. And you know what? If whatever's good, you show, and whatever shit, you trash. Uh, yeah, we see Cardona do it all the time backstage. Yep. Like every every show he's at, he'll make a vignette of recapping what the fuck just happened and previewing what he's going to do next. And he's he's doing it awesome. Like they, a lot of more wrestlers need to start doing it that way. And Charles Mason is another one who's doing an amazing job on social yeah. media, furthering storylines and getting fans invested, especially uh, with his upcoming match against Suzuki. I've been loving all that stuff. And I think I think about, oh, sorry, I was going to nope. just jump in nope. here. I think about that every now and then because if there's a, first of all, to be a complete wrestler, you do have to have promo skills. That's at, the one the, thing we never moment. see and we don't know what yeah. they are. Yes, and... And it's really interesting because with GCW especially, well, you've seen this a lot in independent wrestling. When they want to, when they really want to try someone on the mic, they just give them a mic in the ring live. Maybe it's best to tape them first and let them try. And then once they get where they need to go, give them a microphone. I just, and I'm just saying that because a lot of, I see a lot of independent companies do that. And then you see someone give a trash promo and, you know, they really should have done their trying behind the scenes and then practice their craft in front of everyone. So I look at it that way. Uh, I will put one person aside, though. I I still stand by this. Manser really has a cadence to his voice that no, I yeah. enjoy. And I think all he needs to do is just keep being given a chance. Yeah, I agree. Manser, like, I think promo-wise, other than if we want to go Nick Gage and Joey Jones, like outside of the people that we normally hear speak, like 
I, I that's the one thing I we always question what can this wrestler speak? And that's always a that's a bigger deal sometimes than the wrestling, unfortunately, mm-hmm. going into these bigger promotions is cutting a promo. So I never thought about something like that, but seeing that, yeah, it's a very good catch by you and I opening like it they looked good. The area like it looked like yes. a backstage ring of honor. Like that's what it looked like. They're yep. backstage in the ring of honor. They're kind of quick little promo, boom, out. Like I didn't even think about cutting promos there. And you could do it quick. And that's why I was just going to shout out uh, the person doing the video that we were talking about was Ivan. Um, he's from Fire J Media. Um, he's does I I see that he's just uh it says on his thing, video editor for GCW. I know he was doing uh cutting videos like Tony D and all the other people that we see cutting videos um yeah. for the social media, but it sounds like he's doing it now. Like they're using his stuff exclusively and doing it. So I would, and I know he goes to a lot of the shows. He He's like a John Carlo. Put him backstage with his little, his camera for 10, for like 10 minutes, do a couple of wrestlers shoot promos and he could throw those online on YouTube in like a heartbeat, probably knowing him. But that's yeah. the thing I do miss is like seeing Cardona in the back of the UCC complaining that there's no, uh, no locker room or Jordan after he got bloodied up by Atticus and he's in the parking lot cutting a promo. Like I missed like seeing those backstage stuff that we used to come up all the time on GCW's YouTube page. And that's kind of something that has gone away, but they are with Ivan. I think Starly's starting to slowly bring that back and putting out those incredible videos, but that's a great idea by you. Yeah. Well, thanks for it. Uh, yeah. In the last, I don't know, 13, 14 months since we really started doing this thing, things you know have really stepped up for gcw and that includes production so yeah um we got what 95 percent of what we talked about when we first opened half these shows i mean we were talking like ring apron right yeah we got everything things um pushing further i'd like to see production get to the point where all their cameras have the same color balance and light balance so that when they switch from one camera it's not yellow the hard camera is white so on and so forth i know that's not always easy to do but a lot of the venues we're at doesn't have changing lights. So it should be something where you can get most of that set up 30 minutes before. And I'm sure they do. But every now and then I do see it like one's off yellow and the other one's white. And I'm like, rookie mistake. Get out of that. Uh, but again, outside of that, the lights, the promo, uh, man, all of it's good. All of it's good. And we just want to see it go further. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, and I think GoPro is doing an excellent job on the yeah. live feed of it. But also, I think the with Ivan helping out with the YouTube's making videos, and that's going to help out YouTube and social media. And I think that's going to be a cool thing to watch. Uh, keep on playing out as we go. But I, I just love the whole coin toss. Like, it just was cool. Like, like it felt old school. It felt like I was watching like the '89 Royal Rumble where they're grabbing and stuff. Like, I miss that old school feeling, and it, it made me very happy to see. And I actually like I was like, holy shit, and got excited for it. And uh, after this first match too, there was a great start to the evening. Um, before we forget, uh, dude, WWE and AEW. If you want to make money in the larger companies, you need to be able to cut a promo. You go to Japan. They're cutting promos after the show is over while they're doing the press conference. Like the, the show doesn't end. So what I'm saying is you can be as interesting as you want to, but if you can't speak, they're going to have to spend double the amount of money to get a manager in there to mouthpiece for you. You better be doing, you know, your camera time as much as you're doing your fucking push-ups. because look at somebody like MJF, man, we're not always talking about wrestling with him. He went out there and just ran his gums. And he's just doing fucking awesome in that. And you know what? People are talking about him today for those reasons. We don't really sit there and go, God damn, look at the flip on that boy. 
were like, no, look how he fucking pieced someone up on the microphone. And it just sounded awesome. So, um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to not look like a dumbass on TNT or on some of these other major stations, you're going to have to learn how to talk. And I think from a production perspective and a GCW perspective to be able to quality control that the best thing to do would be a tape it ahead of time. And, you know, especially if these kids are at the, at the arena early, they're at the venue early, have them cut and fuck and like just sit there and cut and promos. And honestly, to the other wrestlers, why the hell aren't you grabbing each other's phones and cutting promos? Hey, you know, this, 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 you know, sell some tickets and then you could brag about selling tickets. Yeah, I'm That's all a strong for statement. <laughs> I'm for this the social media. Like I, I Charles Mason is doing it awesome. Cardona now Steph Delander's doing it awesome. Like those wrestlers stick out and they're doing a lot more cool things because they're out there promoting themselves more and doing these cool like easy. I think simple easy things. The Cardona way. Yeah, Cardona, Cardona gets a video and boom, just cuts it live. None like how it is like. Mason's like making like two minute vi- like movies over here and yeah, bodies like he's doing. Cardona was doing the same too. So it just shows you like what the game. As you said, the show's never over. Like you're yeah, kind of as a job as a wrestler, you're not ever really done promoting yourself. Like there's always stuff out nope. there to do and promote. And I just love seeing like the people actually using social media because I like I when I see a Cardona video coming, I'm like, okay, let me look, watch this. I got two minutes, cool, watch it all, and I get more invested in Cardona. And I just wish more wrestlers would do that to kind of help build their own fan base, but also get the fans more into the storylines and the matches coming up and the to the shows that they're going to and going to see. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, pretty easy promo. Can't sleep one, two in the morning. Grab your fucking phone, flip it around while you're laying in bed, and go. I'm so sorry. I have to talk to everyone around now. I can't fucking sleep. You want to know why I can't fucking sleep? Because tomorrow I have to deal with blah 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 blah. Not only that, but you're putting it out on Twitter at like 10, 11, 12, 1 in the morning when there's not a lot of traffic. Guess who is seeing it? All those people. So the people that are there and are awake, it's getting in front of their screens there. And then when people wake up in the morning, they're going to have something. You're asleep and your promo is still sitting out there. And if it's worth a shit, it's going to sit there for probably the next day or two uh, until that match happens. And Leo Rush did exactly what you yes. said within like a week or two. I can't remember if we talked about his last podcast or this, or we're talking about it for the first time, but him and Speedball and now Speedball and Osprey, like, yeah, right away. Like, it's within minutes. Oh, that's so entertaining. On each other, like, oh, Speedball just cut the, holy shit, 10 minutes. Well, Osprey's responding. And yeah, Leo Rush waking up from the bed. It's like, all right. I'm trying to sleep here. It's two in the morning. My phone's blowing up. Yes. What the hell is going on here? And I see Mike Bailey out here in Target. It's two in the morning where I am. I don't know what time it is over where you are, but like, boom. I was so loving all that shit going on with Leo and Speedball. And I want to see a lot more of that. Like, you can hear my excitement even just hearing that quick little promos. It just gets fans excited. Well, it's just, I've, I heard it a long time ago. It's kind of funny, but it's like, if you're an entertainer, you can stand at any time and go, how am I entertaining someone right now? And yeah, you have your time. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, if you're just sitting in a car on the road, cut a fucking promo or at least practice it in the car and let the people who are listening tell you about it. It's the old road days where you get out on the road, you share, you know, you share your time with a bunch of people. You talk about how you're going to put a match together. You get to talk, you know, learn about each other and whatnot. And I think some of the older guys and they do a lot of complaining. I think they do have that right where a lot of road time is missed now and it's not done as much as it used to and i think we we've lost a little bit of the the friendship that comes out of those rides 
But yeah, promo wise, I, I'm getting way too far off. But promo wise, practice now. That's all I can say. All right. That will lead us into our second matchup of the evening as it was a four-way match non-title as Jordan Oliver, the JCW title, like I said before, why is this not for the title anyway? Jordan Oliver, the JCW champion, going against Joey Janela, Jack Cartwheel, and Masha Slamovitz. Holy shit, what a fun four-way match this was. Yeah, we sound all negative right now. I've noticed. That's why I had to get a high, because like, going back to the matchup, my smile's on my face now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really funny, and I love that first match. It's just funny how we got off on these things. I guess we're just being picky because we're we're picky. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we want this. Hey, um, yeah. So, yeah, this match here, I have that uh, Jack gets colored lights on his entrance. I thought that was really, was really. Sorry, man. I was I was just the lights. I'm like a bug. I was like, ooh, lights, and I just kind of right. go over to it. That's why I wrote a capital. This. Holy shit, there's lights. And Jack Jack Cartwheel with the Jack Will or Jack Cartwheel with the Cartwheel party was yep. just amazing. I love the entrance. Like the vibe. Like that was top entrance of the year for me in GCW. Production matters. Uh yeah. So I also like the part where Jack, when he came out, he grabbed that camera from the cram- cameraman, made him do a, a cartwheel. So yes, that was great. Yeah. It, but yeah, Jack's an instant upgrade anywhere on the card. Everyone loves him especially kids just saying there is money laying out there on the table somewhere. I think you agree with me on that one. Oh yeah, for sure. He's, he's definitely fan friendly, kid friendly. He's, he's out there and easily profitable, marketable. Sorry. That's oh yeah. No, no, no. A hundred percent. And I'm telling you, he still needs to get those cowboy hats that light up. He needs to get a whole bunch of those. There's parts (laughs) of the budget where that would be totally like the thing. Yeah. Um, Joey getting a lot, of support from the crowd, especially after that injury he had. Um, I don't know if we had a chance to talk about that, but that's the one where he, uh, oh yeah, we talked about that already, where he injured his knee. And yeah, who was it? Somebody was being a little rough on. It. Oh, that was Irie. Yep. That's right. So then um, Jordan, he had a great outing. He was in the ring a lot of the match. Masha had her hands full and handled her business when she needed to. And she had several of her opponents finished, like almost finished off. And then someone would come in there and try to, you know, get involved. The match had a lot of the things that only a four-way match could produce. I put down here that you don't want to look to this match for realism. It's more about what can all four of us do together and how can we make it look entertaining? That's the kind of match that we had here. Of course, with a match like that, our winner was Joey Janela and, uh, Joey and that missing tooth just kills me, dude. I just like, every time I see him, I look at it. It's like, I don't know. It's like a mole or something. <laughs> oh, just, you know, like, you know, it was like before Gage kind of did his thing. You'd see that tooth when he's talking and I'm like, it's staring at me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. So, um, poor Joey, I know. Okay. I've had tooth problems and I can tell you, I feel bad for him because that is not easy to deal with. And the guy has a little money, but he's not rich. And, you know, it's hard for him to go out there and meet people at Chili's and put on his best smile. You know what I mean? Because it's not easy. I love the guy. I think it's funny. That's but I will tell you, I'm the schedule. Dude, I'm, I'm just telling you, no lie, though. It is like a little bit of a distraction. It's kind of funny in a way. And he owns it. I'm not going to like he owns it. He sits there and rocks it. He's not like, oh, my God, don't look at me. Yeah. He puts it out full force like. 
And honestly, old school fighters and old school like brawlers, they'd always have a tooth missing or something. You know, in a time where it has a badge of honor. Well, okay, that's what I was going to say. In a time where everything has to look pretty, there is beauty in something like that too. So uh, I had to look at it that way. And, and it probably starts some cool stories like, oh, what happened to your tooth? Well, let me tell you, I'll get this death match with you. Or however, you know, like he's probably got a cool like stories up like all over the place with that stuff. Um, oh, he's he's dating constantly. You know, he's got <laughs> stories for everything. <laughs> right. That's one person I would just love to have him just talk and have his own podcast. That would be so fun. I miss it, Joey Janela. Um, oh, my God. What were they? Um, not Fight Nights. Oh. They were like on Friday nights, the Janela Zone, the Janela Zone. There we go. Ooh. I miss those those nights. He was uh, doing uh, Instagram lives during the pandemic. Uh, That's cool as shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was interacting with fans at a time like that, and he actually, I think, helped get like a couple, like at least one or two, like kind of independent wrestlers onto like AEW, which was pretty cool. No, I didn't know that. I I don't use Instagram, so I didn't. Well, I wasn't using Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, I didn't use it. I. Just got it. I still don't use it. I still got to update the social. So uh, that will be changing here after this uh, LA match. I will be updating the socials a lot more often with some clips and stuff like that of of the show and everything. But um, yeah, I just want to go back to the format real fast. I, I It was intriguing to me going into it, but holy shit, it delivered. And I think David, uh, Dave Praise, I called it perfectly at the end where he mentioned the great cre- creativity that we were seeing from all four competitors. We were seeing like some crazy moves that they never done, but yes, I loved all the different ways they found to get into these moves and the time. Like I loved the whole scramble. It was like a, it was, it seemed like a race to it, like a sprint kind of scramble. And like everybody, as you mentioned, was screwing Mosh over, which I loved. I, I loved this. It was good. It was a great scramble. Joey w- winning. I get it. I prefer to see Jordan as a champion still. Uh, get the victory. Yeah, I'll be an on <laughs> episode. I don't care. Um, but I get for Joey. Get him a little rub going into his big match against you because I, I absolutely get that that booking and I get it. And Joey deserves it too. This was a fun match and uh, I would have been happy with any of the competitors winning. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jack Hartwell uh, would have been there. Like I was kind of thinking near the end, maybe he was going to get a little surprise victory over uh, all three competitors because that would have been huge. But I loved it. It was a great four-way match. It's it's nothing but champions in that ring, future and former champions. That was yeah. actually I now think about it. I'm like that's a hell of a four way if you really think about it. And if that was sold a little better, let me tell you. But again, here we are, GCW with those hot number two matches. Yep, I was just about to say number two match that you've been enjoying so much that had to be perfect. Oh, dude, yeah. Our next matchup of the evening is. A grudge match, kind of. Every match, grudge match. Um, As Charles Mason, with Pero by his side, goes against Richard Holiday. I loved how they quickly went into this rematch. I enjoyed the first one. I seen Richard Holiday now have a couple matches underneath his belt. Um, returning, and it sucks. He, he did announce he is retiring from wrestling, I think, recently, too. So um, I was happy to at least see him finish off this story with Mason. And... The story. This was one match I wasn't worried about the in-ring or the work rate or anything. I just loved the brawling, the fighting, the scrapping, the story that was told during this match. Absolutely loved it. It was booked booked perfectly. Now, was Holiday the one that had to take time off and then came back? God, I love that. I I like him either way anyway, so I, I don't know. It's just... It was him or Coughlin for some reason. Like I Does said, that, yeah. you get the strong man that are cut that have the mustache. Like it, it gets me every time. <laughs> All right. So um, 
Yeah. How is Mason not on AEW TV or ROH yet? I just, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it. We've got 540 days, 546 days, the uh, House of Glory Crown Jewel Champion, the most marketable man in wrestling, the AirPod God. Where are we going to see Charles Mason next? Because I'm looking at someone who has a vision for everything that TV likes to do with wrestling, which is drama. He likes to have a lot of drama. He's got these packages that come out. He puts a lot into it, and I don't know how many see it, but I hope more get a chance too. I think he also probably already has a ready-for-TV character, story, everything. He's like, literally, you could pick him up right now, drop him into Ring of Honor, do a backstage segment. He is a focal point of your show. Great wrestler. Good. Like his moveset is perfect for his style. Like his style of wrestling is perfect for his character. And I think he portrays his character very good. I know there are a lot of, not a lot of copycats, but a lot of wrestlers, not a lot. I keep saying a lot. Some wrestlers that are like him and kind of have the same gimmick and character. But yeah, I think he's just on another level with the way he's portrayed it and then how evil he's willing to go and the yeah. depths that the depths that that he's showing in his character in these videos, I think it's he's just ready to, as you as I said, just pick him up and put him on TV. And it is, I think he's he's right there with those ones that are ready to go, like Speedball, Jordan, Alec, as that we kind of talk about. Well, when it comes to young independents, he's one of the ones that gets it. There's always that. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, there's always that dramatic factor. I don't have a better word for it, but he understands the um, the play in the wrestling match. So I do appreciate that. Second, Pero, really? Why isn't he back on TV? We need him back on TV. Dude is legit huge and strong as balls. I feel that there's very few in his atmosphere right now when it comes to a combination of size, strength, and overall threat in a match. I've talked to the man, extremely smart also. I'm just gonna kind of put that on the side. I don't really say much about what I talk about with anyone. I want to tell you, intelligent individual, extremely nice. That's what I'll say about Pero. And I do want to see him go somewhere quickly. I think that, dude, dude is just constantly in the gym too. He's always busy, always going somewhere, always working. I respect that. Um, on the other end here, we have Richard Holiday, an extremely talented individual. Uh, same thing. He's very strong. He is, okay, you can look at him and go, he's strong. And I can guarantee you, he's stronger than that. He's still deceptively strong on top of how he already looks. That's impressive. And again, given his situation, his bounce back is incredible. Love that. All right, then lastly here, we've got, uh, well, I won't say lastly, but we have a dirty ref in the in the, uh, in the match. And I thought that was really funny. So that ended up with fuck you ref chance. And um, yeah, he, he went ahead and did like a fast count for Mason. And then when holiday had Mason down, he counted real slow. Um, here we are, Jimmy Lloyd chance. They break out throughout the terminal in the middle of the match. We want Jimmy. So yeah. All right. I do have a, uh, I forgot to, forgot to talk to you about this one. So, we're going to talk about it over here. We could see if it stays or not. We'll see. But uh, I did have, uh, so one of uh, my friends that I, I'm in a chat with, uh, they go to the shows all the time. Mm -hmm. um, 
out I see. And so he kind of, so I asked like, hey, how was the show? How was it live? His one big surprising bit of news. Uh-huh. Charles Mason has go away heat. No. Not heal heat. No. So from really? what I, yeah, it sounds well, like the, the crowd is kind of, I and I get it, might be tired of seeing the same kind of formula from him. And I understand. Hmm. I understand seeing the same. I felt I felt the same way with his feud against Bussy, Effie, and Alley Catch. They were both separate feuds that were still kind of came together and they both kind of played out the same exact way. Same thing with his mm-hmm. it was the, the same one that he had with Dark Sheik as well. So I, I get why so you're saying you need to see another dimension of his character because I don't he has shown you've seen. I don't. I've seen it. I love it. I think he is doing yeah. a good job, and I think he has added a little bit of like difference, a little like uh, I had the perfect word. I totally forgot. I just sounded super smart. Now I sound super dumb. <laughs> That's okay. I had That's... the word, but like I think he is changing it up. I think yes. the yeah. little changes is changed up, but I old. I can see how fans, especially AC fans, have seen Charles Mason for. That long, all the time, out in the East Coast, because he mostly is the East Coast with House of Glory and stuff out there. Uh, seeing the go away, he is surprising because, and I, uh, while I understand it, it still is surprising to me that some people there were, and that's so. The reason I brought that up is from what I heard is that's why the people chanting Jimmy Lloyd were chanting Jimmy oh, Lloyd. Oh, really? They were, that's, that's worth, I think that's worth keeping. Yeah. And it's just, you have a friend there that's kind of reporting what they're seeing and it's, yeah. it's their report. You know? And that was like oh. kind of the most shocking one. Because like I said, I love Charles Mays. I, I, maybe it's just maybe that group of fans that are tired of seeing it and they, maybe they're tired of seeing him. And I get it. Like I've, we've had wrestlers we've seen like, okay, really again? Do we have to see this person again? I get it. So uh, that was just surprising there. That's why I wanted to bring it up to when you brought up Jimmy Lloyd though, because that's what I was told is kind of what they just wanted to see Jimmy. Like, get Charles Mason out of here. We want to see Jimmy Lloyd. We wanted to see something cool. And I will go into what I thought would be cool here when we cover this match coming up because it does uh, kind of go back to this fucking crooked ref that was paid out by Charles Mason. But I loved that detail of that match. And I loved it. And like I said, it got me super excited for uh, Jimmy Lloyd and Blake Christian because I was thinking some cool things there. But uh, yeah, that's what did not happen. That I did not like at the, I mentioned at the beginning. So after we find out that we have a dirty ref, how does it get worse? Perro gets involved. So Perro now decides that he's going to get involved in this. So poor Richard Holiday is fighting from a hundred different angles. Again, the ref used that quick count on Charles Mason here, and that's how he won. So Charles Mason won in this one. Uh, Mason and Perro attack Holiday after the match. Then the ref ends up catching a paralyzer, and he's out like a light. I kind of jumped on something real quick here. In typical wrestling fashion, Perro comes out with some dollars and gives it to the ref publicly right in the middle of the ring. And I thought that it really was funny. If you're in on the joke, it's pretty funny. And then he delivered the paralyzer. So I think he even took the money after that, didn't he? That's what I was about to say, man. That's the funniest part is he took the money back. Like, that was perfect wrestling. That was old school Ted DiBiase and Virgil shit. I right. loved it. This is why I love the Mason character. And, like, I might, I 
Like, as I understand the go away heat, but I just love that heat. Like, that is good. That was yeah. old school. I love seeing little callbacks. Like, that's why I think I love Cardona so much. He does little spots here that puts me back into, like, when I loved wrestling back in, like, the golden era of that kind of Ted DiBiase Macho Man. And this was another example from Mason of uh, that. But do you think the do you think the next level of Mason is Ted DiBiase? Because he's already like I'm rich and I'm this and that. Do you think that if he just expands that further, I I, I think he should have built a stable already and paid people off. I thought Pero was a great Pero was a great start. I didn't like the Billy Dixon one, but I get it to go into the story for Effie's Big Gay Brunch. It was a big thing. So I understood that, even though I don't think it played out as well as we thought maybe it would have. Yeah. Um, but I thought I think he should have been kind of paying money to for muscles, like kind of like build like him just sitting in the back and letting all his minions do his work, and he's sitting there eating strawberries with the goddesses and stuff. Like I, that's how I just kind of pictured his character, not like literally like that, but like kind of letting other people do his dirty work, and he comes in and picks up the scraps, and that's what he mostly does. But he does fight during his matches, and um, I lo- I love that little part at the end with Pero. I, I enjoyed it, and the whole like. The cricket ref, we I don't think I've seen that in GCW. So I enjoyed that part of it too. So I think it was a new little wrinkle to the story. And I think it was a good way to end that story as well. I don't think we're going to get another one um from these three, but who knows? Huh. Oh, wow. Couple good points there. I didn't think about that Ted DiBiase thing, but now that you talk about it, I'm like, ooh. Wow. Wait a minute now. And I'm like, okay, Virgil. It's like, okay, so he he has something. Mason. I'm going to, yeah, I know you're jumping on this, but Mason has something in a performer that I would like to see storyline wise. I, I've always wanted to see one performer kind of know everything in GCW or in whatever company they're in from the top to the bottom. They know it all. They know who's fucking who over. They know when they know how somehow they're so connected with everybody. He's like the Godfather in the back. Right. And then, And then someone will come to the Godfather and be like, I need help. Like, I just lost my tag team partner and these guys are going to fucking kill me. And, and now, and and Mason's like, well, what do you do for me? You know, and it turns into multiple storylines where he has to maybe use Para or someone else to come cash in those things that these guys aren't paying on, you know, give him two or three big fucking wrestlers and be like, all right, who do you need? And you know what? Mason maybe gets paid off and one of his masonaries will say, um, breaks a leg, breaks somebody's leg, injures them. They can't come to the show, whatever. I've always thought about that because it would be cool. But also what would be fun is if wrestlers come and they like pay for information. What do you know about this guy? What does he got here? What do you, you see what I'm saying? Like just a, yeah, a godfather yeah. would be kind of fun. And, and of course it's never going to go off the way I say it, but a godfather type would be kind of interesting like somebody who knows everything um i was trying to think of the company who was the shit lucha they uh they had the guy that was like the godfather i'm trying to think of his name oh lucha underground yeah yeah i'm trying to think of his name like every name yeah i kind of like that idea and concept because it doesn't matter who it is if there's a wrestler that's 100 percent on top like getting a hold of this guy and having two guys for hire may knock that top dog off for a little bit. You know, just little I, things. I think, are you trying to like, and you might not even know of this, 
thing because it's not that obscure, but uh, kind of what they were trying to do in NXT with Ali, where like they kind of had someone just watching all the cameras and you see all the different wrestlers' locker room. Hey, these two are talking. Those two, like, like an overseer of everything. They had all that information and was able to like possibly use it against them. I think that's where you kind of go with it. I like that. that yeah, clip. that's good. It's, it's it's like a wrestler, but at the same time, it's a dirty manager, a dirty GM. That's the word I'm looking for. Kind of knows everything that's going on, is willing to send a wrestler or two out to do this or that. People come to him to ask questions, get help, get maybe a bigger spot. Wow, it's just a, it's Eric Bischoff. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but uh, well, then maybe it's been a while since a character like that's come along. But Mason's in a position where he could go sit on a throne somewhere and be like, all right, what do you need? Well, see, here's what I was thinking. He has money. He kinda, you know? Wow, see, here's what I was thinking. Maybe he doesn't have as much money as we think we did and that's why Pero had to steal it back to kind of keep that uh kind of keep that uh vision of hey mason is full of money but he has to give it out and then steal it right back to uh to stay rich <laughs> well what happens that's when happens you know what happens when Pero doesn't get paid to that's what, and I, I, and that's what I was about to say like, hey, uh-huh. like we start to see like the the fall of happy Corbin when he goes from being rich to hey now I'm getting broke like <laughs> we can start to see the fall of Mason of hey like th- no but like this is where I think of wrestling this is where I get crazy with my stupid independent wrestling thoughts but like mm-hmm. I imagine like a this is a story that could go on however long you wanted to but Mason builds up hires a bunch of mercenaries and hey Come to find out, like somehow find out, like the how he was getting the money was not legit, not real. Now he's getting broke, and we start to see the mercenaries falling away, and that builds all these stories and matches, and then that ultimately makes it. Hey, now Mason's by himself, and now he sees his wrongdoing. Maybe Richard Holiday comes back, and he comes in and helps. With, I I don't know. I just like that's where I go when I'm thinking of these characters and I see these things. Like I mm-hmm. picture like twelve months, a whole storyline right there with Mason that we could kind of do and create just off of that peril pulling out the money there like that's literally where my brain went when i saw that we got a whole we got 2024 all booked for mason already but i enjoyed the whole story of the match and as you said i like the old school kind of uh the feel of the match and yeah i don't know i just had ted dibiase seeing there taking the money i just see virgil no hey i want that money you ain't paying me fucker give me that money <laughs> kind of thing. Like, legit publicly right out there in the middle yeah. of one here you go exactly. buddy i love thank it. you <laughs> or I was like hoping for the money to fall out of his pocket on accident or something like that. And hey, what's oh, the money yeah. for? We paid him off. Like I enjoyed everything that that little bit had. I I loved it all. That led us into our fourth matchup of the evening, as it was the ten person tag team as a team of SG Super Cunt, Manders Alley S. And Rick, I can say it. My sorry, it's the right time. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at the name. I pause because I can never say it when my son's in the room. Uh, so SG Supercunt goes against a team of a bunch of guys, which is Braden Toon, Cole Radic, Dylan McKay, Marcus Mathers, and Shane Mercer. I was just happy to see these ten at least get some time on this card. I all ten of these competitors absolutely deserve time, and if they weren't booked in some sort of match. This was a kind of fuckery match that I could uh, see all 10 competitors having. And holy shit, I think the energy of the place was raised. The SGC, I think yeah. that was the first time in a while that the SGC music, you could feel the energy in the building. Like you could feel it watching it. Like I felt, I just saw the crowd all hype. You see them go nuts. All the entrances, all five competitors are going their own way, celebrating at different parts of the crowd. 
This <laughs> SGC match entrance. This is GCW. I loved it. I just love the energy. And I think we could have possibly to really dive into at the end of this match. Uh, I don't know if you caught it or maybe I, once again, maybe I'm diving into something mm-hmm. that's not there. But uh, I loved this match and um, fun seeing SGC super cut like this. Yeah, I, I miss... Uh... I miss I miss SGC. Um, a bunch of guys, I like to slip that in there. A bunch of guys out first. Neither team is hated in this match. I was just happy to see, like you were, a lot of my favorites performing here. Uh, SGC comes out in cunt shirts. I'm sure this is everything that Mansur and Manders wanted to be when they were a little cowboy. Congratulations, you're a cunt. Give it up to GoPro for producing a split screen on demand. I had to give it up. I had to go through the cunt thing quick. It was just too funny, and I had to tell that joke. Uh, there was a very rowdy feeling to the match. Something is going on everywhere. I know that was kind of what you were talking about there. Then Mercer and Effie meet up in the ring. This is a really good potential matchup. And the other thing I want to say, I don't know how many caught it, but holy shit, the moonsault and battery with Effie was my favorite move of the fucking show. If people understood the physics going on there, I initially didn't think that was going down. And you see Mercer in the legs. The uh, dude, dude, he put it over. He, he, I, oh, that was 225 pounds plus in Effie. Every time Mansur oh. does it, and especially against bigger components. And I'm not saying like Effie's a giant. I, I, I always just picture Yoya with Mercer. Like he's able just to pick right, Yoya right, up and right. do whatever the fuck he wants to because he's like a cabbage patch kid compared to in, in Shane Mercer's hand. Effie, that's a big man you got in your hands. Yep. Still to do that same move and then make it look just as easy as you would with someone Yoya size to Effie size shows Mercer's just Mercer's incredible. I, we I praised Mercer Manders at the same time a while ago. Manders has gotten his big push and getting some good matches and yep. doing cool stuff from GCW. Mercer's the next one I want to start seeing again. I want to see Mercer start getting up there. The ultra violent Mercer. I want to see fucking the demon, the iron demon Shane Mercer start to wreck fucking havoc. And he, I think, would be a perfect person as a kind of right now. He's there. He's big muscles. Yeah, yeah. For, we don't have a lot of that. For Charles Mason. Like, oh, to God. be a mercenary, hey, I got nothing. Mason's like, hey, hey, you're getting treated kind of poorly here. Why don't you come join my side? Take a couple bucks. We got some cool shit for you. And now he's in a storyline. Like, I want to see Mercer have, like, substance to his matches instead of just being thrown in these matches. He deserves, I think, a little bit better. And I hope to see that uh, coming up to the rest of this year in 2024. All right, so we're going to kind of fast forward towards the end here. All the cunts are in the ring dominating the match. Effie closes out the match with an awesome sack rider. Our winner here are SGS Uber cunts. Um, I didn't see as much Cole Mance and Toon as I wanted to see. Okay, first of all, I'm having fun with the name because they have fun with the name. So I'm just kind of enjoying it. And it's fun to say cunt, 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 because my kids aren't around either. So it's like, all right. So anyway, um, <laughs> Did I just say that? I, 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 feel, I feel you on that one. That's why I'm saying it to me a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'll let you finish because I, I don't think you caught something that I possibly did. Um, I may not have. I could have been writing at the time or I just didn't talk to me. What did you get? The ending of the match? Matt's Warner. Knee, oh, okay, okay. Knee pad down, ready to go. And Effie comes in, hits the sack rider, and picks up the victory. First thing you yes. see is Mance Warner in the corner. What the fuck? 
And then everyone's yeah, like, hey, sorry, I stole it. And then you see Manders off to the side, like sitting and climbing back into the ring, looking at Manter like, what the fuck's he doing? Why did he do that? So are we teasing mm-hmm. a little something here between Effie and Mance Warner? And if so, yes, please. I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah. I hope it does turn into something. Well, yeah, and then we were kind of talking a little bit earlier about promos. You know, the best promos we have at GCW are all the veterans. Give Goldu five to ten minutes in the ring. Not even a match. Give him like five to ten minutes in the ring back and forth. Do you know how glued the whole arena would be? How silent it would be listening to those two if they were arguing? Like, let's say they are teasing the breakup and arguing. Those two on a mic going back and forth against each other? Give it to me. That would be I, like I, I my mom it. and dad fighting. No. I get it, but give it to me. Holy <laughs> shit, I want to see Effie advance. Dude, I got so excited. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was, yes, this is what I've been asking for. Maybe not those two specifically, like together against each other, but we've been asking for Effie and Mance for something. And I don't know. I'm the same way. I would not, I'd rather them be friends. It didn't, mm-hmm. they, I wanted to see something from them both, but I did not imagine seeing them clashing. I'm kind of down to see the destruction of SGC a little bit if it, if, this is the cause of it and start of it. Like I said, I could be looking into something there specific, like just me trying to get something. But right. I just wondered where that was going because I, th- I found it very interesting that they kind of caught it. And I think even Prezak made mention on it saying like FB kind of stole the victory from Mancer, So, So I went back and watched a little bit of that just to see if I missed something. Yeah, it's kind of funny you said this. I didn't mention it in my notes because I honestly thought that shoot, maybe he was a little like, you know, that, that was not our finish. And I thought, okay. Cause then I watched Effie kind of come over and give him a hug and stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe he just made a mistake. This is shoot the way it was. But then the way he looked at the camera, the way Mance looked at the camera, when it all went down, I'm like, he's playing it up a little. So, so here's what's going on because I, I wanted to kind of mention this on the last episode. I'm like, Oh, I want to see this. I want to, here's what's going on. SGC is so fucking good there. They could, they could break up and be singles competitors and then come back together. No problems there whatsoever. And they're in such a place right now that they could both take on singles. And when they do come back as SGC, they would get a hero's welcome. Then let's go to the other side. Effie, I'm talking about the Bussy thing. I only say that we have seen a lot of what Bussy, Thrussy, Kunti, Sussy has all done. And, um, I've seen the formula. I know some people have. Most people have. GCW is kind of a tight group. Um, he's he's so singles run ready. And I know that that's just maybe me. No. Dude is singles run ready. And I'm really looking forward to see what happens when Lauderdale tears the Band-Aid off of Effie and lets a 225-pound animal just fucking loose at GCW. He already has the crowd behind him. He has the charisma. He's doing everything right. He's intelligent. He's it's just all of it's clicking. Strike while the iron's hot. I, that's the best thing I can say. Is you got to strike when the iron's hot on someone like him because I mean, there's no reason well, see, again, he don't need the belt. Respectfully, he doesn't need the belt. But I do miss the main event being a championship and I don't I do miss the main event in the championship and honestly if I were to stand around with Blake Christian for five minutes I think he'd agree with me so yeah I agree I just I uh, you know we're we're so picky we're being so picky you know but we want an elevation of all titles 
We want an elevation of the veterans. We want to see a spot where all of the younger cats can come up and have their moment under the sun, a la tag and scramble matches. So that's what I look at. Did you hear my dog, Lucy? Yes, I did. Yeah. I don't know. I think she said, don't break SGC up either. I Okay, look, I won't break up. Uh, sorry, man. I, I Very good. My feelings hit there. I would not break up SGC if my boy comes back. If Justice comes back, they could always take one out and let him do singles and bring him back in later. And I think that could be done with each of them. And that's where I was kind of going. I was like, maybe not separate SGC, but maybe push Bussy out of the way with Sawyer Wreck and uh, well, uh, Dark Sheik. Kind of yeah. move Thrussy off to the side and have him be separate going against SGC. And now it's there's two only members. I don't know. Like, yeah, I can yeah. see maybe new members being brought in. I wouldn't mind seeing just kind of Effie and Alley Cat separated from SGC, but going at it. I think that would be fun mm. territorial war of between both teams and competitors kind of going against each other, fighting over like, hey, this is my company and all this is our company. We built this and kind of having an inner feud, but between Effie and Mancer, that's two main event levels and a fun story that could be told in great matchups and great promos. And I and but as you said, it's something you can always bring back together for a very yeah. cool moment, like re- reunite SGC and Team Bussy for whatever, whatever time reunite. That place is going to fucking pop and go nuts, dude. I always thought back in the day when Effie was definitely in the 190, 185, 180 range, that it would have been really cool to see Ali. And Effie kind of have a little whatever. But the problem with that is it would be hard to be believable because we know they're all kind of tight. But boy, oh boy, would it be interesting with those two because they'd have so much time to plan um, on the road together. And that's why I say the Manson Effie thing, same thing. Like they have enough time to plan. They could put on a fantastic um, series story yeah like i don't like i'm at this point like as i'm saying i'm saying stories feuds like keep it going because i I was excited for that little tease and maybe it was just me noticing it but or like making something out of nothing but i don't know i think there's i think there's just a lot of cool stuff that still could be done by gcw and possibly will be done hopefully coming up in the near future that leads us to our title match as the champion Blake Christian defends against Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, I just real fast, I love the video before the death match. Like, like showcase the death match version of Jimmy. Not scramble, not one-on-one match. Like it showcased the death match version of Jimmy. And I thought that was cool because it made Jimmy seemed like a credible threat to Blake for the belt. Yep. Like seemed like Blake might be having to get into deathmatch territory if he needs if he wants to retain the belt against Jimmy. So I loved that video and that little detail just showcasing the deathmatch talent. Um and I also love Praise like praising Jimmy as he came out, saying how he was on a roll. The crowd fucking delivered. They were fucking cheering Jimmy Lloyd, Jimmy fucking Lloyd nonstop. The the crowd, yeah, it's a crowd delivered. It was awesome. Like, I loved it. It felt like a big kind of fight going into it. Blake's gear looked amazing. And I just, going into this match, I was having high hopes. It was a good, fun match. But uh, I'll go in at the end of where I kind of would have kind of gone with it. Okay. So there's a lot going on here. First of all, when fans are chanting the name for the performer and it's not even his match yet, and it's in the middle of another match, 
and at major events, he's getting cheered for in the middle of other matches. Paying attention to Jimmy Lloyd is smart, and this match, I think, was smart because this was um, this was a nice taste test of a potential championship run down the road, even if it's a small one. There's huge fan support. Jimmy, when he came out, looked a little brighter than usual. I liked it. He looks like he's in a good place. There were new champ chants, and I could tell there was a lot of electricity in the air. Blake was Blake could have come in with angel wings and would have still been the devil in this place. Um, Jimmy dives out of the ring onto Blake to start the match. Hot finish. Blake was completely caught by surprise. For the first minute of the match, he's fighting in his jacket. That is exactly how hot starch should go. And Jimmy showed he was hungry. He's like, let's fucking do this. And the fans wanted to see that. They want an assertive champion. So this this kind of this it's got there. What do you uh, you're you're ready to talk? I know it. All right. So anyway, there were um I'll I'll hold off for you just until then. I'll just finish my notes so you got it. Um big booze anytime Blake is on offense. Galt always has to be assertive in a Blake Christian match or he's just going to be pushed around by him. I like how him and Galt kind of have their little back and forth. Cardona's music hits, but he doesn't come out. I feel that was Christian's doing. Our winner here, Blake Christian, I'm going to slam it back to you here, and you tell me what you think in this one. No, that that was the spot. I was like, oh, that's good. I, I, that was the, I called it. I said, Cardone, like some music was going to hit. I I, I was all Wait, wait, wait. Of, you did call that, didn't you? I called that. I called the beginning of the match. I said, oh, holy shit. You know, was, those were like two ways I thought Jimmy should have won. So they fucking teased the shit out of me there because I was like, Oh my God! Like I, I kind of pictured the beginning of them. Like Jimmy just going crazy. Like you saw how hot that crowd was for the one. Oh yeah. Oh, like, oh yeah. I thought Jimmy should have. I thought uh, the beginning that was going to happen, and then they made that moment. Then Cardona. I kind of made a mention before where Jimmy Lloyd might get screwed by Cardona, and kind of got it with Cardona's music playing and distracting Jimmy there. Um, this match felt like a tease to me. It felt like they were mm-hmm. giving me everything I wanted and everything I asked for, and I didn't get it, which I kind of expected, but I also didn't get the actual visual of seeing Jimmy win. So that's where I kind of uh, uh, lost it there, a little bit there. So I went back to my notes here. I have that this was the shortest match on the show at a touch under eight minutes, which I do think is odd, given that people are chanting Jimmy Lloyd throughout the show and many other shows. I do know that fans like unpredictability, but that match could have maybe breathed a couple more minutes, and I think both would have come out looking stronger. The fans were primed for a win. They didn't need it yet. I think more teasing should happen here, but I would say well done overall as a uh, as a match. I mean, they packed it in well for eight minutes, and again, I think they got the point across, but another three minutes would have put both of them over exponentially. We need to see that Jimmy's um, serious. And the only way to do that sometimes is to have a nice little marathon of a match. Not not a marathon, but, you know, to have a longer match than eight minutes. We're putting our championship match, you know, it can't be at the end because obviously we have war games. I do appreciate that they put it at the end like this, but seven minutes? I mean, the show was maybe a little over two and a half hours long. They had an extra half hour to the standard three. So... This could have breathed an extra five minutes, no problem. This is me being complaining again. We, we have a we're picky, but I'm I think complaining. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. This, this is one of those nights, guys. Yeah, grab your coffee. This is going to be one of those nights. But um, I'll put it here again just because it's in my notes. Excellent video packages throughout the night. Much improved from uh, from what it was even a year ago. When those video packages come on versus, say, just having that screen, I don't feel detached from the event. The next step in these um, these videos is adding some of Prezak's commentary. And I think your videos would be as golden as they could be. I will say, too, they look extremely professional. So I wanted to kind of give whoever it is out there, you said, um, what was his name again, the gentleman? Alec? Ivan. Ivan. God, I feel like a dick now. It had four letters. <laughs> I was doing good. Um, yeah, he he does such a damn good job. And um, how fucking great. Yeah, I this match had my hopes up. Uh, I was hoping Jimmy would win. So here's what I thought. My ultimate plan. So after seeing the match kind of happen, I was like, oh, what they could have done, because I forgot what comment it was. I should have went back and typed it in, in my notes, but I forgot the comment. But I wrote, holy shit, the comment on commentary had me thinking that Jimmy was about to win. And it brought me to the fucking crooked ref. <laughs> so here's what I wrote. I wrote that I thought Blake maybe should have, or Jimmy should have hit like whatever finisher he wants. Um, and then as he's about to pin, uh, Blake has his foot on the rope. The real ref, Adam Galt, has a rope. Uh, has counts to three, mm-hmm. but Adam Galt doesn't notice that Blake's foot's on the rope. Mm-hmm. Then that fucking crooked ref could come out and say, "Hey, oh. no, Blake Christian was on the rope. Don't do it." And then like, "Hey, the ref, the crooked ref ends up punching Adam Galt, and now he's the now the real ref is kind of the ref." And then W ref, yeah, that ref does a quick three count for Blake Christian and win, but. We would have still gotten the same visual that we just had. As you, I don't know if you know, it's like the ring became littered with bottles. Yes. You did. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I'll paint that picture on this one. There's two rings side by side and it's surrounded by a cage, weapons everywhere, doors, tubes, you fucking name it. Sorry. Sorry. I jumped ahead. Yeah, you can cut that part. In. Damn. I'm going right into the match. Okay. Yeah. So I've, yeah, that's kind of funny because what I did was I was getting ready to talk about all the shit in the <laughs> ring. And what I did was I talked about the shit in the ring for the next. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's all good. Okay. One of those nights. All right. So at the end, like, yeah, a bunch of bottles and trash thrown in like how they did Cardona. Yes. But you could, you would have had that same visual. And the crowds would have been happy. You would have made a cool moment right there and still got the exact result you just did by teasing Jimmy with the belts, having the cricket ref or some bullshit come out. Hey, that didn't count. Boom, boom, boom. Blake gets the win. Blake gets the victory. Now you probably would have got more trash in the fucking ring because the crowd would have just went ballistic even more. And you would have had an even better, cooler version of... uh not version of um, visual of what just happened other than what Blake did. Cause that yeah, Blake got the victory through the ring. It got pelted. That was it. Like I just thought they could have done something cool, a nice little pop. And for the AC crowd, like to get a cool moment right before going into this war games main event coming up, right, but right. you still get Blake being the champion, still getting him a dastard heel and you still get the shit thrown in the ring. Now maybe they didn't want the shit thrown in the ring. I don't know. I don't think they probably wanted it in that situation. Oh, no, 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 no. In that one, but you got it, and you still could have gotten that same thing while doing something cool. And I just wish that's where they would have gone with the main event instead of just, hey, Blake cheated, he won, and blah, blah, blah. It just felt the same. Like, the same shit, the same formula. Like, I'm... I think I think they're trying to go with that, though. I think he it, is, that ship has sailed already. 
I, I get it. I think what's going on is they are trying to have a predictable perceived threat so that when he comes out, he's already perceived as a threat. I think that's the only way to put it. Like, there are quite a few interesting things going on with what he has there. Um, I don't want to dig too far into that. Yeah, yeah. Because there's I, a lot going on. I also feel like there isn't going to be anything said that I already hadn't said before. Yeah, same thing. I said before, like, I just would, I just thought this would have been a cool moment for Jimmy, for the fans, a cool pop, but still got the exact same thing that you got. I would have teased the shit out of it, and I'm going to keep teasing the shit out of it. I do like your idea of the uh, WCW Dirty Ref. Do you remember those days? Uh, there was a, there was a four hundred Patrick. Yeah, a four hire Dirty Ref out there. Yep. That was some crazy shit. You know what fucked me up when I was a kid that the ref was when um, the one ref came out, and I can't remember his name because it's been a while, and then he has a fucking- uh, Earl Abner. The twins. <laughs> twins, dude. That screwed me up. Like, dude, I, pop, I popped like all hell. I was a kid at that time. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> like I said, this is that kind of a night, so. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, no, you're good. No, I'm just really event. sorry in general. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fucking event because holy sure. shit, was there lots of pack in there. Yes. I pretty much, here's my comment on main event. Go check it out. Might have been one of the most carnage and craziest Art of War games out of the three that they've had. I know you got great notes. That's why I don't have much to add to it other than it was fucking awesome. Craziness, Sweet. violence, nuts. But... We do have the main event, War Games match, Team GCW, Ciclope, uh, John Wayne Murdoch, Miedo Extremo, Nick Gage, Arena Yamashita going against Team Freedoms represented by Jun Kasai, Takeda, uh, Sasaki, Segura, and Violento Jack. And they all delivered, I think. I think they all delivered. Um, it was great. So I'll let you just carry this match, though. All right. So I started painting a picture. I'm gonna pick up the uh, I'm gonna pick up the paints and I'm gonna do this again. So, here we go. So what you're looking at is two rings side by side, surrounded by a cage, weapons everywhere, doors, tubes, two bundles, scavenge, scaffolding, yes, scaffolding, chairs, scissors, door bridges covered in tubes, regular door bridges, glass panes, almost everything possible is out there. Here's the rules. Each team starts with a participant in the ring. Then the teams will alternate sending a wrestler, which was decided by that coin flip that opened the show. Once everyone's in the ring, the match will start. This is very similar to the war games that you'd seen in WWE. And um, yeah, so because Freedoms had won that coin toss, they're going to be the one to have their uh, performer in their perform, their wrestler in first. So Emil says in the ring, I went back and quoted this just for fun. He says, you can be eliminated by pinfall, submission, referee stoppage, or being thrown off the fucking scaffolding to the fucking floor. What a great line that was. And he delivered it as only MLJ can. That was perfect. So good good job for ML, man. We heard that and we loved it. Takeda was out first with welcome back chance from the crowd. I thought that was really, really nice. Rena was out next. She ate a vicious chair shot to the head. I'm not going to lie. Toro, Toro was out next. Toro and him were beating the piss out of Rena. Like, they were not taking it easy on her. She took several chair shots, and I was like, old school. Okay, okay. Yeah, there was no holding back. She got cut pretty good, too. 
I mean, she okay, she got so bloody. If anybody's watched enough death matches, you'll know what I'm talking about. She went completely bloody and then had fought for so long, her face cleared up again. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could sweat off the blood. Her face fucking cleared up. I felt like I saw another side of Rena I haven't seen before. And she's just tougher than I thought. Oh, yeah. She, she Every time she just shows her toughness. And this was another great example of that. Yeah. So, yeah, just Rena was outnumbered. Her face was just completely fucked up. The fourth entrant hasn't even come in and it's hard to recognize her from all the blood. Murdoch then comes in with a huge cheer from the crowd. It's like he's the deathmatch Jesus coming to save the one in peril. Murdoch fucking cleaned house, just as we all expected. The split screen is killer, by the way, and super helpful. The camera angles and production matters and makes it feel special. That's what I wrote in my notes. I know we talked about that earlier, but... It- and that's and that's one thing I, I kind of didn't like about last year's Art of War gaming match. It just felt like there was so much going on, but you could missed a lot because it was only with that one camera. Here we are with another huge improvement. Thank you. Um, Violento Jack out next. He comes in with a very confident stride. I was really found that interesting, man. He usually people are trying to get to the ring. He's like, I'm here. I'm going to take my time. I was really surprised by that. Miedo Extremo out, climbs the scaffold and starts the match with a senton off the scaffold. Miedo starts hot as hell. Then we have... Um, I want to mention the referees just for a minute. We had Galt and Perch out there. I don't know if there was anybody else, but they were doing a fantastic job keeping the playing field clean. They were constantly moving tubes out of the way and keeping things in fantastic shape. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because with as much that was going out there, they were doing more cleaning than refereeing, it felt like at times. And, um, you know, that that prevents accidents. So great job on them. Team yeah, Freedom. Referees- Sorry, I just want to, I, I, referees did an awesome job as well. As you said, they clean it up. I noticed them coming, go in and all that, you would think out of hundreds of tubes, like that ring, even though it was littered with them, that could have been a lot more dangerous. And I oh, we, yeah. we want to piggyback, great job, referees. Um, clean, make cleaning the ring and make sure the, re, uh, the wrestlers were safe. And I was getting ready to say Team Freedoms, exceptionally rough on arena throughout this whole match. I know I was just talking about it in the beginning, but it looks like I wrote another note on it. That makes me think that they must have just been relentless. Sasaki out next. He was completely soaking in the crowd. He looks like a million bucks when he comes out. Cyclope, after that, no headphones. That's his magical power. I don't know how the hell he was even wrestling out there. Um, I was laughing that they didn't even start the Macisos music over. It was almost like they just paused it. And then when Cyclope comes out, they just took it off pause real quick. Um, Cyclope's night was about to be a rough one. That's the best way I could put that. Kasai. Jun Kasai is the last participant for Team Freedoms. They are now dominating the match. And as that's going on, the fans are chanting MDK and Nick fucking Gage. Gage enters the ring and the war games have begun. He was the immediate target for Team Freedoms the minute he stepped in the ring. I see wrestlers coming from the back to watch. If you look really far in the back there, you're going to see Perro Jordan, quite a few that came out from the back to watch this go down. So when you see the wrestlers come out to watch the performance, it's going to be a good performance and they're wanting to take this in. Uh, Violento Jack eliminates John Wayne Murdoch at the 24 minute and 12 second mark. Miedo's face is completely gone under his crimson mask. Everyone and everything in this mask at this point was covered in glass. Cyclope eliminates Takashi to Sasake at the 27-minute mark. 
Cyclope and Violent Jack climb onto the scaffold. Both fly off, and Cyclope is out. I'll try to go into this real quick because it, it works like this. They both went off the scaffold. Cyclope went off a little rough. I think he may have hit his head or something like that. And he he just it took a minute for him to get his clock back in order. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I I didn't take it as easy or lightly. I was scared. Like it didn't look like a yeah. normal one to me. I've seen yeah football players and boxers and everything. Like that one looked like hey he was out cold and i was scared just because from the fall the height of the fall and it was kind of like right onto a bunch of fuckery that helped to break the fall but also right onto concrete and it was like right at the end you could just tell like his body bounced but i got like legit scared i was like one of the scaredest i've been in a while for a wrestler but uh seeing him at the end of the match in the ring and walking around kind of acting normal was a huge sigh of relief for me because uh that was it was pretty scary for me at least Dude, Cyclope gets up in the morning and has three of those with two eggs. No, I don't, I don't even want to see that. Nice top. I, I, went, I, I went back and watched the Art of War Games match just specifically again, and when that spot came up, I had to turn away. I couldn't even watch it again. Really? Yeah, it was, that was, it was one of those spots where it, hit, it kind of hit me good. I don't know. I love Cyclope and Miedo. And then like, I hurt me a lot, too, seeing Miedo in the ring, very concerned for his brother. Like, you see him, like, kind of hold off uh, someone in the ring, like, hey, stop, like, Give me a second. Like my brother's fucking out cold and the concern. Uh, I think maybe that's what hit me the most was just seeing how like how concerned Miedo was because I know yeah. that's what made me love him so much was just their camaraderie and the brotherly love that they showed each other their first couple shows in NGI a long time ago when GCW first started. And just seeing those two, their love for each other and like how much like they're out there in each other's corner during big matches and stuff. So that maybe that's why it just made me uh, hit me a little bit harder than I expected. And let's not uh, let's not think about the dimension that they're both in another country. They barely speak any English, and then they're going to be rushed off to a hospital somewhere in another country. Like a lot of that's very difficult for them. I'm yeah. sure. And yeah, backstage and some backstage everywhere else, they do hang together. They really do hang with each other. I mean, if you. I don't think I've ever seen them further than eight to 12 feet away from each other outside the ring. They really do. They have each other. I'm jealous of that. They, I mean, they, they got that. That's, that's really cool. Um, after Violento Jack and Cyclope were eliminated, both men were eventually helped to the back and they were cheered all the way to the back. Masashi Takeda eliminated Miedo Extremo. Rina Yamashita then eliminates Toru Segura. We're at the 35-minute mark at this point. Kasai gets up on the scaffolding with Rina. Rina then falls off, and Kasai dives from the scaffolding onto Rina. Jun Kasai then at the 36-minute mark eliminates Rina. Gage grabs his pizza cutter out of his pocket. Takeda's getting sliced up, and then Takeda grabs the pizza cutter and decides he's going to start slicing himself. I love that plot. Dude, when I was a kid, I was I like got caught cussing or something one time, and my mom put a bar of soap in my mouth. Okay, so I thought I was gonna be cool, and I was gonna be like, "All right, I'll show her." And I went and I grabbed the bar of soap, and I said, "Mom, this is nothing to me." And I took the soap and I fucking bit it right in front of her and started chewing on it, like just to show her that that's so. So you know what she did? She started using liquid dish soap after that. So when I got caught having a bad mouth or talking to smart ass, 
I actually got, yes. So it went from soap to liquid dish soap. And I'm like, fuck, I, I, yeah, this was, that's how you take the character to the next level. That's how you keep on improving it. (laughs) Right. You start with the bar and you work up the liquid dish soap. Um, yeah, at the 38 minute mark though, Nick Gage had eliminated Masasha to Masashi Takeda. And now it's down to the two big dogs. We were, of course, going to get holy shit chants from the fans. GCW chants like crazy. Everybody was so proud to be there. Crazy Monkey stuck a fork in his own fucking head. Monkey with a big splash. Gage kicks out at one. Gage beats on Monkey like crazy. He kicks out at one. Both these guys chants from the crowd. Monkey goes for a splash onto the glass pane. Gage gets out from under. He then delivers a light tube to the head, and Kasai ends up eating more glass. In the end, Nick Gage eliminates June Kasai at the 43-minute mark. That leaves our winner in this one. Team GCW, what an awesome match. Yeah. I couldn't ask for anything more from that match. That was Art of War games. That is how it should be done. Like I said, I yeah. think out of the three, out of the action of the three, that might have been up there with the most violence and craziness. And they never delivered. All three have been excellent, but that one was insane. And yeah, Kasa- or, um, seeing Rena, how bloody she was, Miedo, yeah. how bloody, Takeda, like, oh my Lord. Takeda all fucked up. Taka- yeah, Takeda was, I think, probably the worst of the ones. And I... Yeah, not much to say. You said it all. Great, incredible. Definitely check it out. Once again, if you want to just check it out, it's worth the eight bucks. Check it out on Fight TV for at least a month and then go explore because uh, that was incredible. Dude, I found out somehow I was grandfathered in at four ninety nine. I'm still getting charged four ninety nine a month. Oh, I don't I even know. Mine now, dude. You might want to because I think you get grandfathered in. But then again, I've been paying for like two years. So maybe they just honored my shit until like next year or something. I don't know. But if anybody has Fight TV, it doesn't hurt to check it out if you've had it for over a year because it seems like some people are getting grandfathered in at four ninety nine. So I don't. I don't know. It's worth checking out when you get a chance. There we go. Yeah. What do you got? It doesn't the price. Damn. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, so I'll tell you what else had me laughing in this match. Towards the end, you could see some dude taking a fucking banner off the wall. And then the camera comes back and a second banner has been taken off the wall. I, oh, I never I, noticed that. That's oh, dude. Good. Yeah, you can literally see the banner slowly coming off the wall on the left side where you could you could actually see someone physically pulling one down at the one at one point. Um that dude got his ass whipped if he was a fan trying to steal it. Because those things sell for like Two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was almost bought like the TOS ones that they had for me. I don't see Clopa. Mm-hmm. You know how fucking cool that looked like in our background I, somewhere. I almost bought it just for the background, man. That would have been perfect, dude. I'll tell you what's killing me is I wish I would have bought Cardona's Ghostbusters suit. When I saw it only went for as low as it did, I damn near had a heart attack. For that amount of money, I'd have totally put that on the wall. How much did it go for? Ah, I remember five six hundred tops. Oh, that's not it, bad. That's not bad. It's not horrible. It's just, I, man, that was like probably one of the most memorable things he's going to do at GCW. Dude, he, yeah. the, the only other thing I can think of is when the bottles rained down. Yeah. One time back in the day. I mean, so I don't know. Um, Gage grabs a mic and thanks everyone from Freedoms. He thanks the fans for coming out. Gracias from the crowd because he didn't know how to thank Violento in the uh, What Senate. the fuck was that? That was also hysterical too. It's like, ah, uh, here's, like, he's, yeah, I said goodbye. 
good Japanese. I forgot how to say it in Spanish. How do you say it? The whole chat crowd. Gracias. Gracias. It's like, it's like, that was a perfect Nick Gage moment right there. And a nice little tease. Who knows if that'll happen? But if it does, it's going to be in Japan. Gage says the next time Kasai and Gage meet, it's going to be one-on-one. Wait a minute, though. I'm not going to get too far into it, but is he allowed in Japan? That, that was my allowed? question. I don't know. Like I know Canada was pushing it, but didn't he show up in Germany, right? So I don't know. He showed up in Germany. I thought he was at IWS yeah, up Canada. in Canada for the... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they can sneak him across if they need to. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. That would be fun. Like, that uh, would be a, a fun matchup to see those two go at one like, last time. Stuff him in Perro's bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it'd have to be a big guy's bag, like, where you can really hide him. Um, <laughs> so, I came out of that night thoroughly feeling like I got a show. Yep. The only real one, show. I, the only negative I had to say, that was a, not even a big one, just how I would have booked it. I just kind of wanted a little bit more from Blake Christian's out of run and Jimmy. That was it. Other than that, I don't have anything to say. That was an incredible card. Fun, fun, different styles of matchups. Very innovative with the the, the that four-way match. I enjoyed this whole night, and I was really much looking forward to night two, uh, getting Tremont, Kasai, and seeing... I was I was hoping Kasai would be okay for night two, just because everything right? else that he had to go through in uh, the match as well. Oh, my gosh. So so what do you think then? This uh, this was a great opening night one, huh? Yes. Yes. It was uh, definitely have nothing, nothing bad to say, and I definitely enjoyed it, and... Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd consider it very successful as a night one. <laughs> All right, now we will cover GCW's Fight Club Night 2. And I'll let you start off with your pre-show remarks before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Oh. I'm hungry. I'm starving now. I'm talking about being potatoes. I'm too sad to eat, bro. That is Nick Wayne's last night in GCW. Oh, oh yeah, that one was sucked. That one sucked. Not only that, but I feel like we took better care of him. He wasn't bleeding every show when he was over at GCW. <laughs> that, that was hysterical. No, it's true. I think on average, you can actually have less injuries at a GCW show than you could the average AEW show. <laughs> hey, at least but, it's not like the NXT parking lot. At least he made it into the building. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um. <laughs> This is, I, I said it on the first part of this, but second half, this is probably the last time we see Jun Kasai in the USA. So please take it in as much as possible. Um, yeah, I was, I mentioned it earlier throughout the show. There was that guy with no shirt on. Dude was having a blast. Like that's so GCW. I mean, what are you going to say? And honestly, that's so East coast too. I've been on the East coast for a while. That's, that's dirty. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And yeah. We'll lead us. First match is Masha Slamovich against Jack Cartwheel. And I was just like, holy shit, this is a interesting style match. Mm-hmm. Like completely different style. So I was very intrigued going into it. But wow, Masha showed some athleticism. Like I, we haven't seen that kind of style and those moves from her. But I just think that is a, another example of her versatility that made her the greatest or the highest rated women's wrestler last year on the PWI list. Like that's just another example of all the shit that she could do. And I, I honestly think her versatility is the reason she was number one um, out of all the women last year. But it was a good match. Very good opener. Jack Hartwell did awesome holding his own with a former world champion. And 
I loved all the new moves and transitions that these two showed. I I loved it. It was a good, great start to the show. Yeah, you want to be a GCW as a female, you got to be ready to fucking fight. That's all there is to it. I think we have some of the best out there when it comes to versatility and strength. Uh, yeah, the PWI 500, number 17, top women's wrestler ever. Uh, cartwheel Perch. <laughs> I love you, Perch. I love you, Perch. I love Perch. I love you. Perch, I love you. What? See a lot of clips, bro. Please don't become Aubrey Edwards. There's a voice that I first I love you. Uh, oh, uh, no, seriously. Seriously. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, you know how sometimes the referee can take and then please don't do that because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of what you're doing is great. But if it's expected, guess what? So you keep doing you because honestly, we love you. I just wanted to say it because I don't want to see you go down a route where they go, oh, that guy. No. And I honestly don't too need good to see him. I don't need to see him do another car wheel again. What the hell was that? First one? <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. I love how he does that. He does yeah, guy, guy cartwheels. You know, like, you know, just kind of how good would yours or mine be? Like, oh, no. I would yeah, fall on yeah. my face and that'd be it. Shit. I wouldn't even get my hands on the ground before I fall. Uh, <laughs> Jack is back to his original hair color. I actually like it back to his original hair color. Why? Because I think he looks more like a clean cut kid. Don't hate me here, but I think that works for him. I think him being that clean cut young guy is really one of his um, selling points. Masha here was again favored by fans, even up against Jack Cartwheel. This was a real wrestling match. I put this down as an absolutely energetic opening. Our winner in this one was Masha Slamovich, and I'm not complaining about anything in this match. Hell of an opener. Yeah, I just think it also shows Jack Cartwheel's growth as a competitor, and this is another shining example of it. Our second matchup is Tony Deppin against Shane Mercer. Another fun match. Um, I just didn't... I don't care who won, but same thing. I'm on a Mercer kick right now. I want to see Mercer yeah, get some yeah. momentum. I, see I feel like he lost it, so I uh, thought it was a great match. Another fun, intriguing match. I think there were... Um, the f- the fun spots when Tony's a heel is, is funny, and it worked kind of good with Shane during this match. Um, but I liked it. Just wish it was a little bit in different winner. And so, I love Tony. Like, yeah, I, I spoiled alert. Tony won, but uh, I like <laughs> Sorry, taking the win. Yeah, our winner was Tony Deppin. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Iron Demon came out with some awesome gear. He came out hot, ready to basically try to out-wrestle Deppin. Deppin takes an awesome hat and flung it like a frisbee. I thought that was cool. He fought like a menace, like Charles Mason style in this one. Constant dirty tactics. Mercer's right arm, Mercer's uh, right arm was injured mid-match, and he still one-armed military, military pressed Deppin with that injured arm, and I felt like he was using adrenaline to pull him through. And, um, God, I don't know what else I can say without keeping it, you know, short it was a fantastic match the winner was tony deppin vince mcmahon always says that the fans will always remember the ending deppin's character is leaning on that shot to the nuts a lot i would say maybe switch it up a little yeah there we go i agree that i pure opinion don't we sound like terrible we've got so many things we want to talk it's the well, littlest of littlest of details that we're calling it true that's true <laughs> That's true. And we are staying 100% positive. Like I said, I love all of these people. I'm just going, oh, if I see this, oh, if I see that, that's fine. Yeah. Maybe maybe we're saying something other people may be afraid to tell a performer. I, I said this. Oh, go ahead. 
Well, we also stay positive and we give like, hey, yeah. a, a solution, our solution, our version of what we think would be our solution of why we don't like it. Not like, oh, I hated it. They suck. Let's get them out of here. Never see them again. It's like we always come up with a positive solution. And as a result, instead of just, hey, there's a problem. Someone else go fix it. We're coming up with our own. And I think that's what kind of makes us different as a podcast compared to others. Well, with like having a small business and doing crafting some of the best advice I can get are from the people who want to tell me there's a problem. I, I said this before, if I'm sailing in a boat, I want the guy on the boat that's trying to find the holes in the boat. I don't want the guy on the boat that's sitting on the front just looking forward going, this is great. No, I, I need to know if there's a fucking hole in the boat. Why? Because I need to ride that boat all the way to the sunset. So I like to say that the only way I could do better at some of my crafts was for someone to tell me, hey, that doesn't look right. And then I go back to the drawing board and here's what happens. I come out with a better product. As long as you take that criticism properly and, and process it right, and you weigh in the, you know, what people say as to who's more important than maybe another or who has more better advice. But um, yeah, considering outside of that, I mean, I have yet to, you know, someone goes, oh, well, I don't like this on your car. I'll go back home and look at it and be like, you know what? I don't agree with him. Or I will look at it and go, you know what? That's a hell of an idea. I can't believe I didn't think about putting that spoiler or putting this on the car. That I haven't had a spoiler on the car since like, I was really young. I don't think I ever I did. Hey, spoilers on the car. Uh, I, that's one thing I never liked. Like, ugh. Dude, one day when I was younger, obviously, um, I wanted a Mitsubishi Lancer for the longest time because I was really into like off-road racing. So then I went out one time and tried to get in one and I was like, guess I don't want this anymore. I couldn't fit in it. I was like, uh. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the world is paved by tons of things that we wish we had. And then luckily we find out that some, sometimes being told no is the best thing. So yeah, I just say, yeah, take any advice that you're given and weigh it as to how important it is. But if you hear the same thing over and over, maybe that's just people who like you saying, hey man, we just, we think you're capable of this and we would like to see you do more. It's like a head coach trying to stretch the star on the team. We just, we know what you're capable of. We know that you could do more and we want to see better out of you. What we are demanding of say Effie, we are not demanding of other people. And what we're demanding of say like Christian, we don't demand, you know what I mean? It's like this scale that we have where, okay, can this guy do this? Can this guy do that? And then we kind of go, okay, just like GoPro, we see that there's so much going on with them and so much improvement. Now we're getting picky on the small things. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a great indicator of what's, what's, uh, what's coming up ahead at GCW. The future looks bright. Oh yeah. And I, like I said, after these great uh, run of shows lately. I'm excited for what the future has because see it ever improving and evolving. Our third matchup is Team Bussy going against the team of Charles Mason and Blake Christian with Pero in the background. I like the team of Mason and Christian. That That's two good heels working together. Both, I think, perfectly matched together in AC to get the loudest boos um, as we were talking about earlier with the uh, the throwing of the bottles at Blake and Charles Mason getting the go-away heat, as I was told, and could kind of understand it, see? But them going against Team Bussy was a perfect contrast, and I just loved how crazy this matchup was. It was all over the place. The the funny story I know you have it here at the beginning with the ref is uh is always made me that makes me smile whenever they do callbacks to what happened prior. So I enjoyed this match and um yeah, it was a good match. 
Are you? I'm trying to see what note you're talking about here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, Effie looks more like a daddy now than ever, given the size he is. I hope he really starts to push that more because at 185, yeah, that was one thing. But now that he's sitting at 225 with all that beef. He's a daddy. Uh, Mason Heal openly and publicly bribing Perch with money. I thought was hilarious. That was the part I loved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles and Allie's first face-off since their feud. I thought was a nice thing to see. I was wondering if they were going to play up any of that. Peril also getting involved then. It's um, It was kind of unfair, so outruns Rina Yamashita, and it ends up being primarily a three-on-three. And here we are again. Jimmy Lloyd chance mid-match. You may be on to something here. Blake left with his belt mid-match also, which ended up making the team of Charles Mason kind of fall apart. And so our winners here was Bussy and Rena. See, I think Jimmy Lloyd should have been the one that came out at Arena. Wouldn't that have been interesting? It makes sense after what happened the night prior and Charles Mason, Blake Christian. Like, I just think it would have made sense to have, because Reyna doesn't fit anywhere in this equation other than possibly a next contender and challenger for Blake Christian's title. But I don't know where she fits in other than that. So that was my little thing, like not here or there, but I would have just put Jimmy instead because it made more mm-hmm. sense. Um, but I, once again, I love the flow of everything and how it yeah. turned into a three-way match. Cause at first I was like, what the fuck is going on? I actually had it sound down at that time. So I actually had to turn it up when I saw Rena, like in like an actual tag team. And then it was like, wait, they made it a three-way and I rewound and listened to. So I like how they kind of evolved into a three-on-three match. And I love the diversity and seeing that kind of stuff and the, the flow of the matches. Okay, so I was saying how I was getting hard on GoPro one. No, getting rough. I don't want to get hard on GoPro. I want to get rough on GoPro. <laughs> I saw that look. Um, but yeah, in my notes here, it said lighting was kicking my ass. We had bright, dark, bright, mid, dark on the cameras. They were all in different exposures and lighting settings. That's something we definitely want to clear up. God, I feel like I'm, that's horrible. I know nothing, by the way. Just letting you know, I know nothing. I just know what I like. I just know what I like. They're like, that's not even possible, guys. I'm like, we'll do it anyway. I feel like Batista, like, give me what I want. Give me what, give I, me what I want. <laughs> like, that's right. nonstop. Like, I don't know what I want, but give me what I want. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I guess this explains why we didn't see Jimmy. Our next matchup on the is a three-on-three Team GCW versus Team Freedoms match as Team GCW is represented by Jimmy Lloyd, Sawyer Wreck, and Joey Janela going against Freedoms team of Violento Jack, Toru Segura, and Sasaki. I don't think I made a mention, but seeing at the coin toss, seeing Kasai, Takeda, and Segura put a smile on my face. Those three, I love seeing them, and I was super excited to See them in that war games, uh, number one, but then number two, seeing them back again this next night, seeing Toru uh, made me happy. And this was a fun, crazy, and entertaining three-way, uh, three-on-three match. I enjoyed the whole process. I am happy that this is the last, hopefully, for a while here, this whole little session. We'll see. But uh, I'm with you there. You see Kasai, Segura, Sasaki. I'm like, there's a lot of talent there in the deathmatch world. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my first notes, finally, dot, 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 violence. Doors, chairs, barbed wire doors, barbed wire bat. They had a wild tag match. Rules was followed for most of it. We had tag rules here. Much more exciting when the whole thing broke down into chaos. I noticed, I'm going to say this just because, the blurriness and the tiling of the video was a lot more than usual live. It does matter. 
and it's still not fixed as much. Again, I don't know what the cause of the problem may be. It just might be the internet at the showboat. But we took a couple steps back here and there, and I just want to make sure that they don't stay that way. I think they do a fantastic job. It's, it's just like every now and then these little things. It's like just spend an extra 15 minutes getting all the exposures on the cameras. And extra 15 minutes making sure that your cameraman doesn't stand with the wrestler and right behind the wrestler in view is the light shining directly into the camera. Those kind of things maybe need to be adjusted a little so that you don't have people at home just looking at a bright light shining into the camera and barely a silhouette of the wrestler. Our winners in this one was Segura, Sasaki, and Violento, Violento Jack. Murdoch and Los Macisos come out to confront the winners after their match, and they explain they're coming for those titles, which was just that little kind of last little bit of things before they go over to Japan and, and kind of, uh, you know, I don't have a good... I like the tease. I think it was a tease. Yeah. I like the tease. It really was. That's the best way. Thank you. Thank you. You have words still left in your body. Nah, that's uh, pretty much it. I wrote a, I just, it was a nice tease for the upcoming trip to Japan, and I still hope Cicope is okay enough to wrestle. I mean, obviously now we know the results. Yeah. So, uh, he is fine. So that's still shocking to me, just like hey, how I felt, but I'm thinking people, I'm happy. People have to work. You know but what I mean? I think that's what it is. He has yeah, to work. But I, I don't want to go too deep into this, but... This is why I was saying earlier, like months ago, when they lost the tag titles of Asisos, I was kind of hoping they'd take like a three-month break to rest their bodies and stuff. Because as we've seen since they lost the belts, Miedo's arm's been fucked up for months. His shoulder uh, popping Thank in goodness. and out. Thank goodness, it's not as bad. Yeah. It used to be even worse. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Like, I'm like, like, no. I'll talk over you. Dude, we, we're on the same wavelength. It's okay. I'm just I'm just glad to see Ciclope all right. But like I said, that's kind of why I was saying what I was saying. Like, it's, I, I agree with you. Like, if you're in healthy enough work, do it. I just was seeing the beatings that they were taking. I just, as a fan, I like to see the longevity of careers and stuff. So in my eyes, I was thinking they might even, they lost the belt. You got no stories going on. Take a couple months, rest, heal up, and then come back for the fucking TOS death match and fucking go insane with them and have a cool comeback kind of story and stuff. But yeah. Um, Ciclope and Miedo still going strong, so I'm very can't wait to go back and watch this. I know we I want to watch the Japan shows just because of some things that happened, and that would be one thing of seeing the Misisos and uh, Team Freedoms going fighting over the GCW tag titles. Dude, we talked about it so much. I'm just happy to hear that those titles are coming home, so we can see them defended on GCW TV. Yeah, that's another thing too. I can't want to see what's going to happen with the titles and see what see what goes on heading into 2024 with it. I'll tell you this much. We know they're going to be well defended. And they seem to have a lot of challengers as we'll go into yes. this. Like as we go into the next match, we see kind of new teams being formed in new alliances. And I'm for it. I love it. I like the, I'm all for like, Hey, everybody being a group and let's have fucking warfare. I love all that shit. And, uh, seeing this next tag team. So next tag match or next match is a tag match with the new team of the garbage daddies, Cole Radrick and, I, I put, I put, wow, you, uh, you almost messed me up there. I was like, what? Cole Price going against the East West Express. Okay. So in case anybody wants to know, I had Cole Radrick and Cole Price. <laughs> Cole brothers. Luckily I didn't pull a, a anchor man. Usually I would have, but that time I caught it. Um, 
this one was a good match. I think we all enjoyed it for the same reasons, but also bittersweet, I think, for all the same reasons as well. So um, I loved all four competitors. If this is the last of Nick Wayne for now, it's been fun. I want to say thank you. You're one of the first. Him and Jordan were really like that weekend. I was all over them the first weekend I saw seeing yeah. them for matches. Um, Nick Wayne's always been personable, nice, and going out of his way to see hi to me, my kids, my family. Um, that's one thing my wife kind of is. We're kind of hoping maybe we'll sneak Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne into L.A., but I don't think that's happening. We never got a picture of Jordan and Nick as tag champions with our son. We got them oh. separate, but not uh, not together. So that will be one thing, hopefully, down the line in the future that can be happening. But Nick Wayne, man, I not much to say. I'm glad he's able to do what he's doing in AEW. Like I said, he's fucking night one and Russell Dream and being in the ring with Sting and all these legends and being a part of a cool story. It's just awesome seeing him do it, doing that and seeing what he's done in GCW and how much he's grown from when I first started watching him in GCW till now. It's been amazing to see. And um, yeah, kind of just kind of sucks, but I do absolutely root for the root for the best for him. And I, I know we will see him back. He seems like if there's a weekend where Tony's like, hey, go ahead, he will be here. I know he will come back. So it's just a matter of if not when. Yeah, I won't get too deep into that, but I'd like to know why Tony doesn't let more people come down to GCW, but they're cool to go to Revolver. Anyway, um, these are all my favorites in the ring. I wanted to mention that before I go any further, so I'm going to be kind of slighted with how I talk, but the first note, this is a ring full of young champions. I think that matters the most here. There's a lot of potential in this ring, and I, I can't wait to see in 15 years where each of their careers have went. Cole always has his support in this match. I feel like he's with Jimmy Lloyd when it comes to receiving fan love. Not as much fan love, but just when you see Cole's face, you're going to get people that will cheer him. I'm trying to take in absolutely every move that Wayne does, trying to remember it all, keeping the memories in my head. Uh, this match delivered, and I really just couldn't see all. Uh, couldn't wait to see all four more in the future. Winners were East West Express. And the fans were sending off Wayne and it was just really fun. I'm, I'm just now remembering all the stuff as the notes came up and I'm just like, fuck, I forgot. This is that part about a GCW fan. It's like, uh, somebody will do this and then they're gone. Yep. Oh. That's what I was going to say. Someone else was talking about it too. made the exact same statement. Cause I would have said it exactly how he did and how you have, and we all have like, that's the cool. We get to see them grow and build and, get better in front of our eyes. We become better fans of them. We understand. And all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. And it sucks. But we all know that yeah. they're going, <laughs> I know it's not a better place, making a lot more money, being a lot more, yeah. more famous and building your better future, which is awesome. But as a fan, it does suck that knowing that we might not get, even if we see him at AEW, it might not be as personable as it would be at a GCW show. Let two yeah. feet away from each other for free, not paying $185 for meet and greet tickets, but having a conversation, talking, getting merch signed. I think it's going to be a lot harder, obviously, in AEW than GCW, but that's the stuff that I'm going to be able, that I'm going to miss is being able to do those kind of things with Nick after a show or before a show and just seeing him have fun. And you can tell how much he loves GCW too. That's one thing I always appreciate. And everybody that loves GCW, like, I, and you can see their appreciation, like the Macisso, Serena, Drew Parker, every time he was here, you just tell it's something special um it's cool seeing nick wayne feel that way about gcw and the fans 
Well, it's nice as long as most of them stay in contact, which most of them do stay in contact, which is nice. A lot of them stay grounded. They do get busy, but a lot of them stay grounded. Um, Steph still talks with Billy. No shit. Not even DM. They just get on the phone and they'll text each other. No big deal. Now, down the road, who knows? But for right now, just as sweet as we always remembered her and probably will always be. So, uh, yeah, just fingers crossed. It's bittersweet. You want to see everyone do well, but you don't want to see them walk away from you. It's like your kids going to college. Yeah, that's about the best way to put it. It's going to hurt seeing you leave, but man, it's going to feel even better to see you succeed. Yeah, that that I'm going to leave it at that. Good job. That's perfectly said. Our sixth matchup, and now our next two matches is where the violence kicks back in. And holy shit, did they kick back into another level? And I can't believe Takeda and Jun Kiskai could still do these kinds of matches right after the night before of what just happened at mm-hmm. War Games. That's insane. But the next matchup is Mance Warner against Takeda in a fucking death match. I'll let you say all the great stuff because, wow, this, this Mance. Mm-hmm. This man's fucking Mance Warner. Jesus Christ. Give me this Mance all day long. Put a belt on him. Create money. Send him to the pay window. Okay, so let's talk about that just for a quick second here. As a singles wrestler, who's more complete right now? I mean, really, he's doing singles, he's doing tag, he's cutting his he's in death matches, he's in regular matches. He's I mean, he's there. Oh, here's a nice one that I will say about Mance Warner for sure. Before and after the show, he's available to sign autographs, take pictures, talk, say hi. Uh, That matters, especially to the younger talent. There's a lot of younger talent that they do need to get out there. It's really free to just say hi, talk to some people. Dude, rotation. I know that's a, but he's been around a while. He came up and talked to us, not we went and talked to him. He goes over, you know, like, I don't see many performers that are too big to not come out there and say hi to the fans, take a couple pictures, make some new fans. Um, Cardona said it best, and I'm still going to stick with it. You know what I mean? Nobody's too important to come out from that GCW. And the ones that are coming out are all the veterans, Gringo, Manser. It's all the ones we say we love and we want to see more of. I wonder why. And they're all making fucking money, and I wonder why. Exactly. All right. So Mance Warder and Masashi Takeda. Blood and violence. Glass everywhere. We are snarky little fucks tonight, aren't we? I think we're feeling ourselves. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You drink and I'll feel it. It's good. Um, nice matchup of deathmatch violence from USA to Japan. There were glass panes, light tubes, huge scissors, doors, door bridges, combined glass and door bridges, flaming door bridges, and glass everywhere. Before anyone could bleed, Manser got a piece of something in his eye. I work in the eye care field. That fucked me up for a minute because that could have ended the entire match right there, dude. A little piece scrapes the eye. You're fucked, dude. There is no, oh, I'll just cover my eye and do it. If a piece gets in there too deep, there this, like, this liquid stuff will start to come up over the eye to kind of cover it and eyes heal quickly but what happens is if you don't get that out of the eye every 15 seconds you're going to get this burning sensation like someone squirted acid in your eye so that that little 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 thing could actually have ended that match completely and when i see him try to squirt water in his eye i'm like i hope he gets it and he luckily got it because usually when something's in there that bad and he's trying to pick it out with two fingers there was something that like a piece of glass or something got in there. Oh, that's a match ender. No shit. 
I mean, you think a broken bone is something? Yeah, you lose your eyesight, you're fucked. And not only that, there isn't a single wrestler that would stay in that ring for seven minutes instead of getting medical help for a fucked up eye. Yeah, there is. Well, Vader, there's a couple. Vader. Hey, man, Vader's my pop dude. That shit back. I was just about to say, just, man, just pop that shit back in and keep going. Come on now. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. know what, him? He probably would do that just and just say he did the same shit as Vader just to cut a promo about it. He would do some shit like that. Old school, the show must go on. Oh, you know, low, man. you've got Sabu <laughs> wrapping his fucking arm up. You know, like oh my god, yeah. it's part of the it's part of the job. And you know, that's that old school toughness is still alive. We just don't we just don't show it enough today because you know it's just I don't know um, different times. God, I sound old. Um, it was funny, but Takeda was barely giving Mance any time to blade. I know this is maybe just between me and Mance. I saw it, dude. I saw it. Okay, so you can kind of see it. This is where we're finally digging in a little. This is my patented digging in. If you look, the first parts of this match, Takeda grabs, I think it's he grabs the scissors, and he starts to act like he's scissoring away on his fucking forehead, right? And then you see Mance go down. He does the basic cover. You know, he covers his forehead and he has his head down. And you can see he's trying to get the fucking shit started. And just then you see fucking Takeda pick him back up off the floor again. And this happens like three or four times in a row. And then finally he gets to go down there and get colored. But, oh, my God, it was so funny. And Mance, I did see it, dude. Um, Gusset plates were being pounded into each other's body, followed up by large scissors into each other's heads. Blood flowed heavily. Every pick you've seen on Twitter is from this point in the match and forward. Both were dripping blood profusely. Masashi puts Mance through a flaming table to end it all. I'll keep it nice and easy. Our winner here, Masashi Takeda. Please come back, chance for Takeda. Uh, this is just Mance putting in another hard day's work, showing that he can thrive at the top of the card. Keep him there. I think like he's easily been the main event. Yeah, I thought about that. I think he's showing he belongs in the main event and needs to stay there. Well, what else is there left to do? Dude is out there staying busy as he can. He's in any match he's given. He's showing up at every show, you know? And like I said, he's another one where once somebody gets the vibe that he's given out, he's gone. He's going to be on to another company anyway. So I push him. Make that money. I want to see him pushed. I know. I want to see him pushed. I want to see him in stories. I don't want to, like, I want to see substance now. Like, I want to see from our regulars, people that we're knowing we're going to get week in, week out. I want to see better than Mance. Mance is at the top of the list for me. Like, he absolutely deserves, and it will absolutely knock it out of the ballpark and carry a program and probably do very good numbers of money for GW, oh, yeah. the opponent, and himself. Like, I, I just want to see him given the chance. But also, when you're given the chance, Give them the full chance. Don't give them the half chance like Blake. Like, give them the full chance. But awesome job from Mance. I love this was a scrap. And, yeah, nothing could be said that you didn't say it was awesome. Give me it more often. But give me this Mance way more often. And then at the end of this match, after it was over, I'm going to mention again, awesome video package showcasing Gringo versus Vikingo at Currican Hall that came up. Followed by a video package of Sasaki and Toru winning the tag belts. Fuck Masha versus Rena. <laughs> Masha versus Rena. Highlights from their German and English tours. Janela versus Gage highlights. East West Express highlights. A huge showcase of the future of GCW also. What an upgrade from the old screen with one graphics. Thank you a thousand times over. GPW in this is definitely killing it. 
So I, I just, we've been, this has really been heavy on all kinds of little ticky tacks and production things, but so much, so many moving parts were going on in this one and so many different things were tried and attempted. And I appreciate that they did that. I appreciate that they tried and attempted to go out on limb here and there. So. No, I agree with you. I love the video because it's a, a thousand times better than watching a timer go from 15 to one, back to seven to back to seven, back to 22. I, I, yeah, give me that. Like, I don't, thank you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to say yeah. thank you. Be appreciative. I appreciate it because I made that time go faster. And it's, yeah. it's cool. It makes it like it's, it's part of the show. I, I like it. It's well, yeah. everybody more often. Well, like I said, it's a dead 15 minutes. So it's like, after you're done playing with yourself, you got 14 minutes left. What are you going to do with your time, guys? Come on. See, I was even hoping, uh, like, I watched Art of War games not live. I watched it, like, hours later. But I was hoping that at least, like, to shorten the time down before the, like, during the replay. Like, no, it's still, like, a 45-minute break in the replay. Yes. Like, luckily, yeah. I can fast forward it. But, I mean, like, wouldn't you, like, because I've seen them do it before, before the show. They'll do five minutes, like, live. They'll show five minutes before the show, count mm -hmm. down, and then, boom, MLJ's there. And then on the replay, it's, like, counts down from 10 9 8 it goes like they cut out the four minutes to waste time so i was just expecting that for this part but whatever i like i said this made it enjoyable though uh instead of watching the art of war games timer <laughs> being reset yeah but yeah i can appreciate G uh gpw putting out that video package whoever made it if that was ivan tony d or whichever one of you great video makers as you guys are uh it was awesome to see and thank you like she said thank you a thousand times over for putting that on there for us and that will lead us into the main event as June Kasai goes against Matt Tremont. Legends going at it probably for the last time. AC crowd gets to have it, which is perfect. I, I'm fine with that. They get the, the June Kasai send-off. They get the violence. This was good. I, I This was a fun... Uh, not fun match. This was a great way to kind of send off June Kasai, but also giving Tremont that match as well. I, I thought if it was engaged, Tremont's the next best, best choice for June Kasai, and these two delivered and knocked it out of the park. But once again, I don't understand how June Kasai could do what he did after what he did the night before. Fucking dude's an animal. That's why I love him. <laughs> you know, I, I look back and I'm like, okay, who else could um, could have went with Kasai in the ring as the final there aren't a lot in GCW. Um, so yeah, Kasai versus Tremont, both men stand in the ring to face off and fans are chanting, holy shit, in GCW over and over. Thank you, Brett Lauderdale. Barbed wire ropes, light tubes and bundles, tube covered ladder. Hard to see the ring for all the tubes on the ropes. You noticed that too, huh? Shit everywhere. I liked it though. I liked it. It makes it look cool. So... I'm starting to wonder if either man has said no to anything in a death match before. Cause I'm starting to think these two are the ones who I've never seen them put their foot on the brake ever. I don't know. Just some, um, the match was a bloody mess. I realized halfway through that the, uh, freedoms were performers were ringside. I don't know how many actually had seen that was going on. I, didn't know if they were cheering him on or if they were just trying to be like that credible threat on the outside of the ring. What a pain in the ass they were. <laughs> Happy I got to see him in the USA one last time, though. Um, if that ever, ever does happen again, it will be short of a miracle. 
Our winner here was June Kasai, which was a great ending. The match time was long at 16 and a half minutes, especially for a death match. I have no complaints as I feel the performers and the fans deserved an epic finish. So my advice here, and I'm sure it's going to be yours also, please just watch. That's what I recommend in this case. Yep. Um, that, but, go ahead. Go ahead. I know you got a lot to say on this gonna, one. No, yeah. no, I was just going to, no, literally, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, this is one of those matches where I don't have a lot to say because my words don't do it justice. And it just, you need to go see this one. Normally yeah. it's reserved for Vikingo matches. It was reserved for Art of War games and this match during this weekend because the violence was insane. None of my words describing it would do it. And I think the energy during this match was what made it separate it separated this match and kind of others for me was the AC crowd appreciating like they always do Matt Tremont but also Junka side what a moment that they were in at that time of seeing two legends going at it like I said probably for the last time and then we had this feel th- feel good thing going on both raise each other's hands in the air and they're just getting nothing but you know love and adulation from the fans both also bow to each other as a sign of respect that I thought was just fantastic And this last part is what really hit me. And I thought it was really fantastic that Dave said here. I don't know who wrote it. Maybe Dave wrote it. Whoever wrote it has a heart. Dave at the end of this thing said, we know you have a lot of pro wrestling options to choose from. And we thank you for making GCW a priority. That to me was a beautiful statement. It was well said. And a lot of thanks can be drawn from those words. So I don't know who said it, but I felt deep down that whoever said that meant it. And I thought it was really well said. Thank you for prioritizing us. You know, that was cool. And that's how I felt when Osprey came to GCW. I felt like, hey, out of all yep. the fucking places you could have gone here and all the independent scenes, you're like, yes, GCW is probably the one you want to go to, but still, out of all these other places he could have gone, he chose to come to us and he showed at the end during his promo how appreciative he was and like, as you said, that kind of hits you a little bit. Like, yes. seeing the wrestlers appreciate and choosing, making GCW a priority for the talent I appreciate that, and it hits me that way because it makes it makes me feel like a good fan. It makes me feel like I'm supporting a good product, which I I love the product. Obviously, I'm waste, not wasting all my time. Spending all my time doing the podcast, promoting it, trying to help get the company more eyes on it and stuff like that, and praising it when it needs to be praised. I feel that when Osprey and Tala, like of Osprey's level, come and choose us, it makes me feel special as a fan. But here, Dave Prezak let us know that they appreciate us as a fan for doing the same. It was nice to be appreciative and be acknowledged like that. It was, it didn't feel nice, but I took it like the other way. And in wrestlers world, we're known for having some of the best fans. Yeah. There's a lot of performers that they hear. This is where you want to go. If you want to get a crowd that really will love you back, we do that. And that's what Will Ospreay said. And I think we do a great job of showing like the, like other legends the proper respect that is deserved as well. So I think that we do a great job of giving everybody their proper applauses and send-offs and chants. So I think that's why GCW kind of is a destination place outside of mainstream television wrestling that a lot of workers choose to go to, whether it be at night, two or three. Like Zack Sabre choosing to come to GCW was a shock and so cool to see. And Zack Sabre just match with Nick Gates. (laughs) Dude, it's like, I'm trying to think, like um, a Mercedes or maybe, you know, let's say a Ferrari. Everybody wants to say they did it once. 
That's what it is. They want to say, okay, there's this cultural phenomena going through wrestling right now that's this GCW. I want to go down there and do something too. So, I mean, that's what it is. We're, we're the cool spot to be. What are you going to do? I mean, hell, come on down. Show up. Let's have some fun. Rip the yes. fucking Band-Aid off for one night and enjoy yourself. And that's what I like yeah. too when they, you can see the wrestlers enjoying themselves and like, holy yeah. shit, this isn't like the Bollywood boys. I thought oh, that was cool seeing them in and then getting seeing the love that they got from the LA crowd. But then you saw them like enjoying it and hey, we can get used to this. We're loved. They knew us. Mm -hmm. They enjoy us being here. They're not going to sit there and boo us just because we're former WWE wrestlers like everyone else. Like they understand and appreciate the business. So I, yes. I do like seeing the talent kind of feel that same way that Dave Prazek uh, felt about us. All right, we did it. Night Fucking one and night two of GCW's Fight Club. Great shows, like I said. Nothing, uh, very, very minor things, thing or things I would say I would change. But other than that, great weekend. Another uh, fun show, set of shows. And I think it was a good lead up to what happened in Japan. I don't know. I haven't seen what happened in Japan yet. So hopefully I could catch that before we head to LA. But I am pretty stoked for LA and seeing what, craziness happens there and um yeah that's going to be a fun show and hopefully we get lots of blood on the hills because uh like i said i'm not seeing any forecasts of blood on the hills at the moment wow oh hey by the way just because it's the end of the show for people who are actually listening this far in um <clears throat> there was this fucking awesome did you see tremont's deathmatch tournament four coming up okay uh, Lucky 13, Vendetta, Sean Campbell, Ron Bass Jr. Who else do we have here? That's Bam Sullivan, Danny DeManto, uh, Mickey Knuckles. Like there's a whole bunch of people in this thing, like a bunch, Neil Diamond Cutters in here. And I just put, wow. You know who likes it? DeManto. <laughs> I'm like, actually, hey, no shit. Um, we've talked before. I don't know if I talked. I, I don't mind. I, 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 I don't mind him. I that okay but well <laughs> yeah well well we're deep into the podcast anyway people are listening are like listeners um yeah when he wanted to work out here in las vegas i had him get a hold of the guy at fsw down here and talk to them this is like a year year and a half ago so there was talk at one time about having them all come out here for a las vegas show but i don't think the numbers added up it would have been kind of expensive whole thing but yeah I actually was the catalyst at one point between trying to get them out here as even as a GCW fan. No shit, man. I know there's like grudges and stuff. That's fine. But for me, it's like, are you a wrestling promoter? Do you have work for wrestlers? And are you willing to put on a show for fans? Okay, cool. You know, yeah. I don't do politics. I don't do any of that other stuff. I just want to see a show. And that's fucking awesome. So, um, Yeah. That's I just had to squirt that in there for just a second though. It was kind of funny. But yeah, of all people, Danny. So, you know, there is hope in the world. There is hope in the world, man. I just let you know. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, that's how everything is. It's just been a, a good, a good crazy week. We have the two shows in Japan, then we have LA here in a couple days. I'm guessing when people hear this, it'll probably be day of or day before LA. And um, we didn't really talk about it, but we are going to be there. We're fucking excited. It's going to be a great time. If you see either of us come up and say hi, it's always fun. Don't care if we're talking to someone. Come say hi. Everything we hear from everyone is just awesome and it matters. And we're so thankful. So 
it's nice to hear from the wrestlers. Like it's really fun to hear from, but it's really fun to hear from fans too, who are just like, wait, you, I know who you are. Yeah. I listen to you. Like that is such a cool thing. So yeah, feel free to say hi, feel free to like come over and just whatever. There's quite a few listeners. I'd love to buy a beer sometime. So hopefully, hopefully we get to that because yes, yeah, some of you are just loyal, just loyal. And we love you for that. You're in a good group of people too. I will say that we have some fantastic GCW fans in here. I think this is the best collection of GCW fans publicly that we can even get together is chilling here, listening to the podcast. So one thing I will say that East coast, West coast, down South, all of you, man, fucking love you all, all you GCW fans. We absolutely love all of you. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, Let's see who else, uh, the GC dub podcast, go ahead and check them out. When you get a chance, like I said, they do a monthly show. It's always fun to listen to check them out. Um, who else, who else, who else, who else? Um, gosh, I'd like to thank Sound the guy the that, radio. there you go. Well, Hey man. Yeah. There's, uh, I'm trying to let not get in too many without getting in too many. Just thank you to all the listeners. Yeah. Thank you to everyone. Um, Thanks for hanging in with us. We had some time off. We're getting there. We're doing our thing. Um, I'm looking at maybe putting one or two small things together, like a pre-show and whatnot, just to keep the podcast rolling so that fans have something to listen to, something to interact with. If you want to, feel free, interact back with us. Call us assholes. You can <laughs> you can be nice to him. You can call me an asshole. I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's the end of the podcast. Figured I'd say hi and dip a little fun stuff in there at the end, but. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to LA, uh, California's spending a lot of merch. Freaking myself oh, there. Merch money, baby. That's I'm what we're fine. coming in for. We need merch. Yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of merch for my birthday there. <laughs> okay. My wife was like, hey, can't, don't have to be, buy me nothing. Let me just buy a lot of merch from the Macisos and all these other people I don't have stuff from. <laughs> I do um, stuff, but. The, the t- yeah, you do. You have some great Maciso stuff too. Um, I've been learning how to tie dye for fun. Yeah, so So I'm going to get like a white shirt, a white GCW shirt, and I'm going to do it. But I also found out how to tie dye black shirts. Basically, you do the whole tie it up, right? But then you bleach half of the the shirt. Once that shirt dries out, that bleach is like all like orangey on the shirt, right? What you do then is you dye the shirt color, that area with color. And what you'll have is a black GCW shirt with like a colored swirl in it. Oh, nice. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna work on it, see if I can get it. I saw someone do it with a dare shirt. Remember those dare shirts? Oh my kids God. off drugs. Yeah, someone took a black dare shirt and then did the tie-dye in it. So you have a dare shirt with a fucking hippie tie-dye. It was pretty cool. I got yeah. it on uh, some gringo loco. I went, I'm, I'm jealous of the hat. I got FOMO of the hat. I bought that the hat. hat. It's so cool. Just to save some bucks during that show because I was kind of hurting for it. And I could that was either buy the one that I did, which was awesome, or and then buy something else, which I did, or else yeah. spend all the money for the the flower gringo. Now I wish I would have spent the money. And the jersey looks fire too. Like if he has that jersey, I'm buying yes. that, Dude, that. That looks it, cool. I wonder when you walk around LA, like you said, with the gringo <laughs> gringo shirt on. Oh, that's why I'm laughing. Like I said, I'm going to the beach and I got a gringo loco hat on. And then I'm like, to do that. fuck, what do people think of me running around with the fucking, you know, because I'm a big boy too. They're like, oh, he must be a fighter. I'm like, no, I'm, you look at me, I'm not a fighter. But uh, yeah, it's so going to be a fight weekend. Um, yeah. Also, um, it's going to be like almost close to 90. So on Sunday, our new thing has been head over to Santa Monica Beach for like two hours or so. It's going to be so nice over there. Get a little sunburnt, come home and peel for four days. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, like, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, we'll see what happens 
shows. Unfortunately, that might be one of those shows that we have had a couple just kind of bad timing. <laughs> but we'll see. Well, at least I, I mean, you know us. We'll fucking talk, and if anything cool happens, we'll bring it up and go yeah. on a twenty minute tangent on it or something. But we just might not do a full review on those shows as we got uh, LA ones coming up, and we kind of want to stay on track, kind of enjoy what we're doing, even though we will have time. Like I said, maybe those three weeks we have time, maybe we'll go back and cover those two shows. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, what yeah, happens. Yeah. But we do have. What are you thinking? Burn out. Because uh, we have three dead. We have three dead weeks, fans. Three dead weeks. Me and B are talking about maybe bringing back for one episode just for fun. No, there's no AEW draft. Oh, you're on? You're in? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the draft, yeah. I'm in for the draft again. Okay. So, yeah, we were thinking about maybe, maybe I heard you wrong because I'm tired. I've I've already fucked up like 16 times this hour. Um, Yeah, I think it would be fun to do a draft. Actually, we can draft or we can even just make our own show and see who's on it. Like, we can do whatever we want to. I like the way we did the last draft because we had a pick. Yeah, I like the draft too. Um, I the one thing I, I thought we were going for sure was I for sure want to do. Oh shit! I'm in the background of this uh the calendar here too. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. The calendar, yeah, it's uh the Hammerstein. Um, uh, yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, I want to do for sure at least one episode, and I'll let you pick whatever show that is. The okay. history of GCW. That I do. Oh. So if 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 the Patreon's not gonna bring it back, I want to at. Uh, Try give my give it a shot at give it a go. I want to give it the old college try here and uh do a history of GCW show possibly uh while we're off for these next three weeks. Okay, so we just started talking about this tonight, but for the people who are listening, here's what's going on. I'm actually really excited about this. Okay, so what we're gonna do, <clears throat> excuse me, we're gonna pull up Fight TV, and what we're going to do is pick one of the old GCW shows. Don't know which one yet. But whatever we pick, we're going to make sure it's on fight so everyone has access to it. Then what we're going to do is get everything set up to where we're all going to have it running. It's where we push play all at the same time so you can watch at home the show and we can talk about it as it goes down, which hopefully we're going to have a good time doing. It's going to be a fucking blast. It's going to be fun talking about some of these names that we haven't talked about in a while on the podcast or ever on the podcast. Uh, Some new names and some old lot of history that I would I definitely want to talk about and want to do. Like, that's why I signed up for the Patreon was History of GCW podcast. And it went away a long time ago. So I do what I would like to give it a shot. Did my toe. So we're just we're just going to have fun. Something public. It's just for the fans to enjoy um, a nice little watch along. And honestly, if it goes well, do some watch along, man. Doing more. Yep. I'm just watch alongs and history of it. It's just watching TV. And you know me, I can dig some history out and really have some fun with it. Um, so if any fans may be out there, here's for some interaction. If we, I'm letting John pick the show. I wanted John to pick the show. Okay. Too. Okay. I, I I have my favorite, like the one I would do, but I don't know. It might be too easy. But if you pick it, then we're doing it. I'm not going to tell you what it is either because I want you okay. to actually pick it. But Or if any fans out there possibly has any ideas, shoot us any suggestions of any uh, show that maybe that we have not covered. Obviously, this was before the podcast, but um, a old GCW show that you would like to hear our views and report. And now we have, hey, we got the blind side. Uh, not that we got, oh my God, it is getting late here. <laughs> what is that show? Uh uh, what not that show? What is that saying? I'm done here. We gotta call this here. <laughs> so we'll, no, no, no. That's a good part. What's it called? Uh, 
we got the benefits of hindsight be, uh, yes. Yes. while we cover the show. So we could talk about what we were maybe expecting or thinking during those times if we watched the show and talk about what happened after and if we agree or how we would have done it differently. There's a lot of stuff we could do with those old shows. And uh, I do want to try it out because it's fun even just talking about it and reminiscing old shows that we didn't cover. And I think it adds a different element now that we know what happened to discuss it. Yeah, I think I think a watch along would be fun. So hopefully we can add that in. We want to provide more content um, in one way or another. On my side, I've just been expanding. I'm trying to do new things. So you will see more coming out of the GCW Plan podcast. It's just a member. Mem- it's just a matter of when and how. And on oh. social media, we will up. I will be upgrade updating TikTok, Instagram, uh, as I should have been doing this entire time. And as people are hearing, um, audio is coming together nicely. We are much better off than we were a year ago and we're killing it now a lot better. So we're going to keep tightening up the process, keep kicking ass. Uh, we have a lot of great things ahead. We had a great time bitching about the shows. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we, we really, uh, gave a lot more opinions than usual so i think these shows have been better too and it's been a lot funner to review and talk about where we know that we had that lull period for a few shows that it didn't feel fun to talk about come up here and bitch i think it the quality has been way better old school i i feel old school gcw lately watching these shows seeing the fun matchups seeing the people we love getting the opportunity so i think that's what made has made it more fun for me to come in and talk about it and just yeah, as you said, give more opinions and just talk freely because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about and discuss of possibilities. Oh, hell yeah. You know it. All right. So you think we did this? We yeah. did the damn thing? We did the damn thing. Uh, yeah. I have nothing much to add other than, as you said, the thank yous. I echo it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Let's ride. Oh, my and friend. The- we did it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Long live. There's a fucking motorcycle on the deck. G. GCW. GC. Wait. Yeah, that's a motorcycle. Uh, Rob, Rob shit. Rob shit, baby. Long live GCW.